All right, let's do this again. Wednesday morning, this is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers, and I am Trace Fowler. You ever, you ever walked into a, uh, a test? You know, you ever walked into a test, a midterm, perhaps? I know you, maybe you haven't. I, I certainly have. And you're just thinking to yourself, you know what? I don't know if I'm prepared for this. I, I somewhat know the subject matter. I have a general idea of what's going on, and I think I'm just going to try to find my way through it. Well, that would be me in today's show. Uh, quite frankly, there's a whole host of topics that we could get ourselves into. You know how if you've watched this show enough, you're not sure where we're going to go, what we're going to do. The Reds won. They gave themselves a chance. They're not dead yet. And we've been saying that for what is two months. They're not dead yet. The Tigers seemingly jumped out to a 3 to nothing lead. Every Reds fan... You know, I say everyone, I'm talking about the ones with a rational brain, not the ones that are super optimists and not the ones that sit there and tell you that no matter what happens, that everything's going to go bad. But the ones in the middle thought to themselves, is this it? Is, is this the final day of the season? Because if the Reds lose and then you turn around and you watch the Diamondbacks win, the Marlins win, the Giants win, and the Cubs win, for all intents and purposes, the season's over. But that's not what happened. Reds come back, tie the game, bounce out to a 5-3 lead. Then all of a sudden they give up their lead, head to extra innings. Alexis Diaz comes in a non-save situation. Shuts the door down. Javi Baez, of all people, weren't able to get it done for the Tigers. And sure enough, Tyler Stevenson delivers. Noelve Marte scores. Reds take the lead, and oh, who comes in to close it down? None other than Buck Farmer. Everybody, the household name, the reliever that you expect to get the job done, Buck Farmer. Reds win, 6-5 and extras, and the next thing you know, you look around at the scoreboard, and oh, remember the scenario I just played out? Giants lose. Cubs lose, Phillies lose, Diamondbacks lose, Marlins lose, and it's just the perfect night if you're a Reds fan. It's kind of like when you go to the casino and you're just humped over a table, perhaps intoxicated, maybe not, and you're just looking over at your buddy and you're laughing and you're asking him, what do you want me to throw? Because that's happened before. That's the kind of night it was. I kid you not, two and a half hours prior to me being on cloud nine, thinking the Reds are all the way back, I basically had had them in my mind dead. And by dead, I think it's just a coping mechanism that I've come up with in my life to try to, to, try to force myself to see what's coming, to prepare yourself. Not to turn the show morbid, but sometimes, you know, very much you see people that at the end of their life, you start to say, you know what? I have to rationalize here. I have to say, you know what? It's been a great, it's been a great run and I, and it, and it is what it is. And I'm going to try to enjoy whatever it is that I have left. And that's kind of how I've been treating this season for the past week and a half. But that's quite frankly, not where the Reds stand. They find themselves a game back of the wild card. And they're not out of the woods yet. Yesterday, I just made fun of the fact that we should stop scoreboard watching the Chicago Cubs. 
They're in reasonable distance. Why? Well, because the Diamondbacks and the Cubs just so happen to play the very next series. The Reds will go into New York after this series with the Tigers. And if they are able to sweep and or take two or three from the Mets, it's impossible for them not to be in the wild card position to be in the playoffs. It's always somebody different with this Reds team. And it seems to be that way all year. In fact, that's the only way it can be when an expected team, if you go on to MLB.com, there's all these analytical equations, certainly. There's run differential. There's obviously the record. But if you go in the standings and you scroll right enough, just far enough, you can, you can see the expected win-loss record based off the run differential and other mathematical equations there. And the Reds are supposed to be Thankfully, it's not supposed to be. Thankfully, it's actually what they do on the field. But they're supposed to be about 10 games under 500 right now. And that's just not where they're at, are they? So, as I've said before, I'll say it again. The Reds aren't dead yet, and maybe they never have been. Maybe they just haven't never have been. Outside of that, there is Bengals news. Are we in the position with Bengals fans? Where are we at in the week? Right, Monday, you're commiserating. You're thinking that's the end of the world for the most part because you just watched maybe the worst game of football you'd seen in quite some time, especially from Joe Burrow. You get into Tuesday, it's starting to feel a little bit better. What do they say? Time heals all wounds. It's kind of like the breakups you have when you're in high school. It's just it's horrible the very first day. And then about three days later, you're back to being all right again. You can hang out with your buddies. Are we there yet as Bengal fans? I think we are, right? It's Wednesday. You're feeling good. You're looking ahead. You see the Ravens. The cut line, oh, Collins, is that news? What does that mean? We'll get into that. Did FC Cincinnati play? I'm not sure. We'll find out. They do. They do play, I'm told. Travis Kelsey's dating Taylor Swift. Is that a thing we care about? Who are the Jets going to go get? I mean, there's names swirling all over the place. Tom Brady's picture seems to pop up. Every single time there's any kind of opportunity for a team to go get a veteran quarterback. How long is that song and dance going to run? You know why I ask? Because how long is the Colin Kaepernick song and dance going to run? The guy ain't played in seven years. I'm sure we'll have a reasonable conversation about that. I'm not going to turn this into some political and or race thing. I'm just asking the simple question. How is a man supposed to play football when he hasn't played football for seven years? You could make the case in the argument, perhaps slightly to me, that maybe a couple years ago, it was reasonable to suspect he could possibly come back and help a team win football games. It's completely ridiculous now. Max Scherzer's injured. The Braves are good. Matt Olson's hit his 90th home run of the season. By 90th, I mean his 51st. And here we are. We're doing a sports talk show in Hamilton, Ohio on a Wednesday afternoon. And we have some topics to get into. Reed, can't wait to hear this one. Oh, good morning, Trace. Hi, my name's Nicholas Reed Mouse. I'm 27 years old, 205 pounds. My favorite movie is either The Departed or The Dark Knight. And when I was a kid, a young high school kid, the first time I ever took a girl's top off, my brother walked in the room immediately and ruined the mood. She dumped me a week later. Shout out. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a t tough Tough week for the for old Reader Roo sports teams. Bengals looked like the worst they could be. The 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 Cubs uh, 
bullpen is is collapsing as we see it. The Cubs are fine, though, but I'm glad to be here on the show. It's a beautiful Wednesday. It's going to be a beautiful day out here, so life moves on. Elliot, how are you? I'm great. Uh, last night, I uncanceled the season for the 15th time. The Reds are all the way back. It feels great. It just feels great. When you think it's dead, you think there's no hope, nobody's alive, everybody's struggling, boom, you win, back on track, and everybody else loses. One game back, the, the, the playoff chances for the Reds went from 12% to 20% in one night, which just doesn't happen. I'm, I, I'm back. I mean, I'm just all the way back. It's, it's a great time to be a Reds fan. If they lose tonight, the season's over again. And we'll just keep doing it for the next 16 games. It's not a great mental uh, state to be in, if I'm going to be honest. Just every game, you're, you're just battling with, with, with the sense of death of your season. But for right now, all the way back. It couldn't be more back than it is right now. It's it's so if, if you've ever been to King's Island, essentially just hopping on the beast or or any of their roller coasters, Orion, Dimeback, that's that's Elliot's fandom with the Reds. I mean they, they lose two games in a row to the, the Cardinals, season's over. They they win a couple games against the Mar Mariners. Uh I think we can win the World Series. This is what we can do. It's fun. It's a fun bit we're doing. It's not a bit, it's 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 how I act. You know, when you're a fan of a team that historically in your lifetime has been atrocious, sorry Nick Kirby, I know you don't like that. But it's the truth. The Reds have been objectively bad. Shout out objectively. And, and I haven't seen it happen. I haven't, I haven't seen something like this season happen before. If they were able to make the season, going through everything that they've gone through, I it would be perhaps the best moment of my life. It would be, and again, I don't like this debate. There's going to be people on Twitter that are going to hate it. But if the Reds were to win a playoff series this season, in my personal opinion, it is better than that Bengals run. It is better than that Bengals run to the Super Bowl because this team was a dead, dead team with no hope and no life and no players. And then they come out and they do this and they shock the world. Again, I am a Bengals fan. Despite what Reed and Casey want to say about me, I'm a Bengals fan. But the, sure, the, Bengals, the Bengals were a playoff team. So, I, I, you know, you look at the Reds, they were projected 64 wins. What's happened this season is nothing short of a miracle. And, and I want to ride the miracle all the way home. For what it's for what it's worth, Elliot is a Bengals fan, but he's a Bengals fan in the same way that like I'm like a Xavier. Like I, this I root is just, for, I, mean, it's I root slander. for him, but like it's they're clearly not my top team. He's talking about that Bengals team like they were supposed to be good. They were projected like five wins that year, and three weeks left in the season, they were out of the postseason. They won th rattled off the three straight games, and they win the division. That I mean, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> we're, we're in the exact same situation that the that the Reds are the, the Bengals and the Reds are in the exact same position. All well, right, Sir Boy with a super chat saying the Reds are back. Sir Boy, I'm glad to see you back, man. I, I don't know if uh, if his, my eyes haven't been treating me well. Maybe maybe they haven't. I, I've been doing a lot of things. Sometimes I'm wondering if I even have a brain anymore. Uh, it's good to see you back in the chat. And, and you know what, Sir Boy, I seen the other day. You know what? This is uh, I'm being somewhat serious here for half a second. We don't do that on these shows many times. I mean this sincerely, Sir Boy. Uh, you were here from the very get. If you don't think that there's a special place for Swordboard Wonder in the Chatterbox Sports community, be wrong. I hope that you always remember that. You know that. And you can come back here and we can have fun whenever, whenever you need it. We're here for you, sir, boy. So don't don't let any kind of Reds, Bengals, Ohio State especially, because they'll put you down. Uh, don't let any of that get in the way. You come back and we'll have fun and we'll take care of you, okay? And now we turn our attention over to Casey McAllister. There's only one thing that this could possibly be, and that is what Elliot and, and Reed and Trace are wondering. What exactly is going to be behind Casey today? It's actually kind of boring today. It's just the studio right now. 
But maybe it'll change throughout the day. Who knows? Uh, you know, we, 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 uh, we haven't decided on anything yet, so mm. it's subject to change. So and what's crazy about it is it looks so real. I mean, it yeah. really looks like you're there. Yeah, it does. It's like I'm right in the middle of the studio getting yeah. ready to drop a soundtrack or something. <laughs> DJ Mac. DJ Mac. He's in the lab and DJ he's mouse trap? greatness. DJ Mousetrap featured? Are those, uh, are those dinosaur bones that are holding that chair together back there? I'm not sure what that is. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's, it's an interesting chair. I don't know if I've ever seen one like that. I don't know where you <laughs> got that from, but, I mean, have you guys ever yeah, seen they, a chair that looks like that? No, I, 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 I don't know what the hell that is, if I'm going to be honest. But that's interesting. Maybe it's, like, different levels of support. Like, you can adjust it. I don't know. Yeah, why don't yeah. you try Why don't you go sit in it and yeah, let us know? Yeah, why don't you try adjusting ah, it? Turn that bad boy around. Let's see sitting in <laughs> it. And the million dollars. Go ahead, turn around, Casey. Let's give, you, give yourself a little spin there. Let's see if you can touch it. I'll do it off screen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, where do we want to start? Where do we go? Uh, we'll start with the, the Cincinnati Reds, I guess. Why not? Uh, what, what exactly is there left to say about this team, about what, what sits in front of them? At one, on one hand, I want to sit up here and tell you that it doesn't matter what happens. Because, as, as Elliot would say, objectively, the season has already been a success. It's already been a success. And you got guys out like Matt McLean, who, quite frankly, I think is one of the best players on this team. And when he went down, it just felt like that was the final straw that broke the camel's back. And that's just not what happened. Why? Because Jonathan India came back and Jonathan India, like it or not, has filled the void. You can't not be impressed with what Jonathan India has done since he's come back. I get it's only a couple games. I understand the logic of saying, well, you got to give it a little more time before we give this guy his, his flowers. I'm not. I'm giving him his flowers right now. Largely because more times than not, it takes a little time to get your bearings straight. Just a little bit. First game back, it's a home run. Yesterday, finds a way to get a couple big-time hits. And again, it's not just him, I get it. But every team needs a little bit of a boost, right? Like it or not, but Nick Martini did it for, for about a week and a half. And now, hopefully, Jonathan and he can provide that the rest of the way through. And I've said it time and time again, maybe Joey Votto will sprinkle in some magic from here and there. Tyler Stevenson continues to play well. The concern I have now... I'm hoping someone can talk me off the ledge, my friend, is the starting pitching. The starting pitching has put Band-Aid on Band-Aid after Band-Aid. You got guys like Williamson that we've come to expect. Listen to this. Brandon Williamson, a guy who have a 7-plus ERA in the minor leagues, gets, I'll say it again, thrown to the Wolves in Colorado. They just needed someone to start. They're like, let's just make him start in Colorado and see what he's got. We'll give it a shot. And now, we've come to expect Brandon Williamson to be a stopper, to be a good arm, to be the guy that we need to go out and throw six, seven innings in a game and give us a chance to win. We expect that now. That's how greedy we've gotten as a fan base. And I'm fine with it. I'm okay with that because he's, he's looked the part for quite some time. But I hearken back and I sit here and try to remind everybody do you not remember what we started with here? Brandon Williamson. I was 
frustrated with him yesterday. Now, I get he came back and he hadn't thrown in two weeks, et cetera, et cetera. But after the fifth inning and he exited the game, I thought to myself, you know what's crazy? Is I was frustrated at Brandon Williamson in the third inning of a baseball game because he gave up three runs. Yeah. And that's where we're at, Elliot. It's it's bad. And by the way, Brandon Williamson, another guy I said uh, he wouldn't play in the MLB next season. Wrong about that take. We'll walk that one all the way back. I think yesterday, yesterday there, it was a game for a lot of guys who I just don't believe in. Harrison Bader came in yesterday, needed needed a good game. He went two for four, a couple RBIs for my guy. Jonathan India, Trace has written him off since the beginning of the year. Nick Kirby's written him off since the beginning of the year. He's come back, and he's and he's. I'm not going to use the word, but I am. He's leading this team to a potential playoff run. This is this is on the back of Jonathan India. TJ Friedel with a clutch hit yesterday, clutch RBI hit against the lefty, down two strikes. It's it's just fun. I mean, it, they're this this team never says die. They're the Goonies. They never they never say die. But but Trace is right. At this point, the starting pitching it's like the scene in Monty Python, where the guy cuts off all the knight's arms and legs. And he's just saying it's a flesh wound. It's a flesh wound. We'll be okay. It's a flesh wound. It's not a flesh wound. You don't. I mean, you're just out. You're just out of arms. You don't have anything left. So everybody's on the empty tank. The bullpen. God love them. The bullpen <laughs> comes in yesterday. Gives what five innings or six innings of of, of scoreless work to to lead the way. It's just. It's. It's. Trust them. It's. I trust them now. I. I can't say I don't trust them. I mean, it's. It's crazy. Ian Jabot. A guy that I was out on since the beginning. I've turned all the way back. He's our best pitcher. He's pitched the most innings out of anybody. It's just it's just fun. It's fun. Joey Votto had a big two-out walk. There was no momentum in that inning, uh, and Joey Votto sparked it. Joey Votto sparked the comeback. So, I, and we're at a point now where it's like I I, I don't think the Reds. I don't think the Reds are going to be dominating anybody. It's just the, I don't think they're they're that kind of team. They're not the Atlanta Braves. But the thing about this team is that they're resilient and that they're going to fight back no matter what. So if, if the starting pitching is going to continue to go down, I think the bullpen gonna, is going to boost them back up. I think the offense will wake back up. And as crazy as it is, the Luke Dreamweaver effect, when you know you need runs, when you know you, when you, know you have to produce, it's a mental switch where it's like, all right, let's go. we got to get up now. By the way, Luke Weaver, we didn't mention that in the top. Luke Weaver signed with the Yankees, his third team, his third dream. Welcome to New York, Luke Weaver. Um, but yeah, the, the Reds right now are okay. They're fighting for their lives. Every game is fun. September baseball, meaningful September baseball. Really, I, I the, the the COVID season, the 2020 season. I, I'm gonna asterisk that season. Um, but it's my, it's the first time I've witnessed this since really 2013. So I'm 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 pumped. I'm pumped right now. It's it, you know you know what's funny about the whole Jonathan India thing is when we were debating two months ago about the the legitimacy of being a leader we're like what is that worth and and the the only answer to that question is is I don't know like yeah. I don't know I don't know what the answer to that is no one does but it's it's showing its hand two starts come back two big hits from Jonathan India that's worth something you know I mean it, we could throw math at at sports all we want and I think it's better for the sport obviously it produces winning products but at the end of the day they're still human beings they still are playing a sport that they grew up in, in, in all these untangible things that that these teams have and Jonathan India might just be a guy that that creates a jolt for the locker room like I said there's nothing you can do to quantify that and there's no point in in spinning in circles trying to quantify it because you'll never find the answer but 
there just might be something to it that he might be a leader. He might Tra be jolting he's, the locker room. He's, you know who he is? He's CJ Uzama. He's CJ Uzama. I mean, the guy, the guy is collectively. I mean, everybody always knows that that guy is was the leader of the Cincinnati Bengals. He left, and they've not they've not done any real winning since, right? I mean, that's is this a bit? Fair. What's going on here? No, yeah. I, Jonathan India, Jonathan India was the leader of the team because he's, I mean, he's the captain. He's our captain. He's the guy we came into this season believing that we were going to sign to a five-year deal. This is going to be the guy of the future. I don't believe that anymore, unfortunately. I still think you have to look at it, depending on what uh, Scotty Boris has has to offer offer the Reds. But I don't know what's you're seeing. What's happening with the injuries and, and the depth? I wouldn't mind having Jonathan India stick around at, in, in some capacity. If it's for seven mil, something around there, I, I I would love Jonathan India. I don't know if it'll happen. And, and the, uh, the other thing, it's not just Jonathan India. The, the resiliency, it's it's with everybody. Nick Senzel was essentially cut from the roster. He was. He comes back. He has shown life since he's since he's returned for that Arizona series. Will Benson was over thirty to start his career with the Reds. He's come back. Every time Joey Votto comes on the IL, he comes right back. It's a home run. It's 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 just resiliency with every single one of these guys down the lineup right now. I, I, I'm impressed, uh, and I'm hopeful. For the first time as a Reds fan in a very long time, I am hopeful for the, for, for the future. I'm hopeful, hopeful for next season. And, but this season isn't dead. That's the thing. This season is not dead. You have 16 games for the rest of our lives. 16 games. There is a, a significant chance you make the postseason. Go all in. 16 games. Try your hardest. If we fail, we fail. It's a hell of a season. But there is a good chance that we are the Cincinnati Reds are going to be in the postseason come October. No doubt. And, and, and if we're being uh, – let me get to some Super Chats here from Ryan. says, Tyler Stevens turn around. Votto and India are back. Stevenson, yep. I think we're poised to get in the playoffs. Hopefully we can score a run when we get in the playoffs this time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? That was, that was miserable. Gives you a better chance to win. That was miserable. Uh, Shy town says, Elliot and Reed, why aren't you helping Trace run the show? Alternate hosts. Yeah, I mean, listen, here's the thing. I know this sounds wild, um, and we love doing the show, so I don't want to sit here and make this sound like, oh, you know, it's so hard to do a show every day. It's, it's, listen, it was designed for Tom to obviously be the host. That's who the host is. But the thing is this. On the weekends right now, um, we're just doing a lot of stuff, okay? And that's, we're not complaining. We love working hard. It's fun. This is our dream to do this, so I'm not for one second saying it's bad, but it's just hard to, it's hard to find enough uh, manpower around here to do all the things that we need to do. Uh, to keep the lights on, but we're going to find a way to keep doing it. Uh, that brings me to what I want to talk about uh, just a moment ago with, with more or less what it is that this red season is from here on out. There are 16 games. Can we at least admit that not trading or not going out and making major moves is almost always the right play? Because the risk... If you don't have a great team to go out and trade decent prospects or maybe even high-level prospects, to do what? I guess maybe you could say that I'm not being a big enough optimist when I say this, but if, if, the, if the Reds made themselves two wins better and got themselves into the postseason, right, by one extra slot, and I know I'm throwing out a perfect hypothetical for my example here, but if the Reds were to make the last postseason spot or they were to make the second to last postseason spot, which is where the Cubs sit right now, is it worth trading some big, and I say big, major prospects to get a little bit of an advantage 
if it even is an advantage. I really don't think it is, especially this year. We'll get into like, who do we want to play? How do we want to play them? Clearly, if you're in the last two wildcard spots, for those who don't know the MLB standings and how they work, you have the three division winners. You have three wildcard winners. The two top division winners by record get a bye into the second round. And everyone else plays each other in the first round in a three-game series at the higher seeds home field. So if you're the last wild card team in, by last, I mean the worst record in, and the second to last worst record in, you then at that point have to go on the road and play a three-game series. If you're the best wild card record, you play at home. And then obviously if you won your division, you play at home. Currently as it stands, right, in the National League you have the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Brewers. Those are the teams that hold the division lead and quite Quite honestly, there's no way that they're going to blow those leads. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll be wrong, but those are pretty well in hand. Then from there, you have the Phillies, who hold a three-game lead uh, in the wildcard standings. You have the Cubs, who hold a two-game lead in the wildcard standings. And then you have the Diamondbacks in that last spot, who only lead the Reds by one single game. And then they lead the uh, Giants and the Marlins by a game and a half. Sometimes I wonder if my brain's sick or I need to stop watching so much sports because I just did all that off the top of my head. Um, which I don't know if that's healthier or if that's just good. But regardless, I, I, know, I know people are going to kill me for this. I, and I've said it time and time again, and I'm not backing down now. I, I'm not scared to go to Milwaukee. We're, we're, we're due to beat them. It feels like I wouldn't. If I was the Milwaukee Brewers, the last team I'd want to see is the Reds. I know that sounds kind of weird, but in the back of their mind, they have to think to themselves, how many times do we have to beat these guys in meaningful play in, in meaningful games before they just go away completely? And this would be the final step for them, obviously, this year. But you obviously don't feel that way, Elliot. You think that uh, you think that you want to stay as far away from the Braves as humanly possible, or the Braves, excuse me, but the uh, the Brewers is, is humanly possible. Yeah, I, I I want no part of the Milwaukee Brewers. I've been using the logic I'm due for my gambling career, hasn't worked yet. So I th the logic that we're due to beat a team that we haven't been able to beat, I don't like. I think and, and I, there is a point, there is a there is a, a a notion where I agree with Trace that. The Milwaukee Brewers are probably the worst of the teams in the postseason outside of the wildcard teams, right? So you would theoretically want to play the team that gives you the best chance to win. The issue is that when you play them and there's a large sample size throughout the course of the season, it's hard for me to come up here and say, I want to play that team, even though I know they're not going to score many runs. The Milwaukee Brewers offense is not good. That's objective. That's not, that's not hyperbole. So... If, I, if, if you sit up here and say, I want to play a team who doesn't score a lot of runs, I'd agree with you. The issue is that we have done this, we've played this game all season, and we've, we have played them with fully healthy pitching staff, as, with fully healthy pitching staffs as well. Bullpen and, and starters have been pretty healthy every series against Milwaukee. So it's not like we, we've been throwing out, you know, randos out there. We have our best guys, and we haven't been able to, we haven't been able to produce runs. That, that is my worry. And, and, and if I... If I lose in the first round to the Phillies or, or whoever, whoever else, the Cubs, if, if, I, if I lose a series 6-5 game one, 7-6 game two, I can go to bed at night. What I can't do is face Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, lose 1-0, one 1-0. Nothing, one nothing. I can't do it. 
So if, if you're asking me who I'd want to play, I'd want to play the Phillies. I'd want to play the Cubs. If I'm going to be honest, I'd rather play the Dodgers and Braves. I know that's not a possibility, but that's who I'd rather play. I'd rather play everybody else except for the Milwaukee Brewers because this season has pro- if, if this season has proven anything, it's that we can't beat the Milwaukee Brewers. The Cincinnati Reds are unable to produce runs. They were, they were able to produce runs, and they beat the Dodgers in both series this season. They were able to produce runs against the Atlanta Braves both, both, both series this season. They haven't been able to produce runs against the Milwaukee Brewers at all, period. Bar none. Cubs, again, the Cubs <laughs> The Cubs is an interesting one because the Cubs have scored, I think, 300 runs on the Reds this year. But we still have the tiebreaker over them. So I, I'd still like our chances against the Chicago Cubs. I think they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Reed and I were talking about that before the show. Milwaukee Brewers are the very last team I want to play. The very last team. For, for what it's worth, I think, you know, the, the Cubs have played very well over the last 30 games. You know, they've won 20 of their last 30 games. And they lost ground on the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers are playing better than the Cubs at this very moment. So out of the three options that if the, 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 Cubs, the Reds uh, sneak into that final wild card spot, the three options that they have to play are the Phillies, because the Phillies aren't, aren't going to lose that, that top wild card spot, more than likely, the Cubs or the Brewers. Those are the three options. And out of those options, I think that by far the, the, weakest, the weakest link right now out of those three teams is the Chicago Cubs. Not only have they kind of tempered off in, their, in the lineup, but the Brewers are playing great ball. The Phillies have a, a standing lineup, and they have Cy Young caliber pitching, so you don't want to go to Philly. You want to play a team that you're familiar with, and that's the Chicago Cubs. That's a team that the, the Reds have, have played a bunch and some games have gone really bad, but still, it's what? It's a season split, right? Or they, they no, have they have, the they have no, they have, yeah, they have, they have the um, what do you, whatever you call it, tiebreaker. Se- yeah, they have the tiebreaker. So it's it. I think the Cubs are the by far, and also Marcus Stroman's hurt. He hasn't pitched in two months. Jimmer Candelario is just went on the DL, so they're, they're dealing with some injury. And then the bullpen on the back half of of their uh, rotate or their pitching staff is, as Nick Kirby put in the chat earlier, it's cooked. Hasn't been pitching well right now. So the Cubs, out of all the three teams that. The, the Reds are most likely to play. The Cubs are easily the team you want to play. Okay, so if we want to play the Cubs, and that's who we'd like to, to, to play in the playoffs, and obviously you have to get to the playoffs. And once you get there, you know, to, to a certain extent, the, the Red season's like, you, you no matter what happens at that point, you really can't complain outside the fact that if they score zero runs again, that would be pretty devastating, and I'm sure we would all complain about that. However, how do you get to the Cubs? It seems, I don't want to say impossible or unlikely, but what you'd have to have is you have to have a situation where the Cubs either leapfrog the Phillies, which right, would which right. would which would require them to play pretty good baseball down the stretch. So that kind of eliminates the argument of saying they're not playing good baseball or faltering down the stretch. They'd have to play good in order to get to that last spot, and the Reds would have to sneak into the last spot in the of the wild card or the top spot. It's really these three spots. I'm going to start saying it like this: the top spot in the wild card and the last spot. Simple as that. But right now, the Cubs sit right in the middle. For them to play the Reds, they'd have to jump the Phillies. And then, again, the Reds would have to sneak in in that last spot. Or, what seems much less unlikely as well, would be the Reds get super hot. They then go all the way to the top of the wild card. And then the Cubs are in that last spot. And then if they're in the last spot, then the, then the Reds would host the Cubs. It seems very unlikely, is what I'm getting at, that the Cubs and the Reds have a chance to play. It seems like the only thing left from here going forward, and I get there's still 16 games and anything can happen, but it seems like the most realistic thing that's going to happen is that the Cincinnati Reds are going to take the, 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 the final last spot, 
and they're going to have to play the Brewers. That is what's staring us right in the face. If they were not to do that, right, then I guess you could say they have to leapfrog the Cubs. Then that takes the Cubs out of it, and we're right back square right in the face of looking at playing the Phillies. The Phillies are a team, quite quite honestly, have not not paid a whole lot of attention to this year, uh, largely because they've just not been in the meaningful conversation of what the Reds have been doing. It seems like all year long we've been talking about the Marlins, the Giants, the Diamondbacks, and then obviously the Cubs as well. And the Brewers, because the Brewers were leading this division, but they weren't leading this division at the All-Star break, I might add. And it feels like it's been a long, long, long time since we played the Brewers. And the reason that everyone wants to sit here and say, well, you have the series advantage against the Cubs. Well, the reason we have a series advantage against the Cubs, too, is because of the team that was playing a long time ago as well. Recently, the Reds got their brains beat in in Wrigley Field. You'd think that Elliott would remember that. You'd also think that if you watch this four-game set against the Cubs at home, I mean, doesn't take a, a huge imagination not to see that the Reds just got swept in that series. But that's not how it goes. I understand. I'm just trying to say you need to get mentally prepared, and I guess mentally prepared just to make yourself feel a little bit better because you're not playing in the game, nor, neither nor am I. So it doesn't really ultimately matter how you feel about it, but you probably should get yourself prepared to play the Brewers. That's what's staring you right in the face. In fact, I'd venture to say, if I had to put money on it, shout out Bedford Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 100Gambler, 21 plus in Ohio, is this. I'd put all my money on the fact that the, the Cincinnati Reds are going to be playing the Milwaukee Brewers in American Family Insurance Stadium that doesn't have air conditioner and they're threatened to move out of the city. And that's what's going to happen. And the Reds are going to win that series. The Reds are going to win that series. Period. Because... I don't know. I don't. I know you're gonna be like, well, the traces are talking. I'm just. Sometimes you have intuition in life. You have an inclination. That's my intuition. That's my inclination. That's what's gonna happen. And you're gonna be happy about it. After that, I can't promise it. But if the Reds get a chance to go into Milwaukee, you can book it. You can book it. They are gonna win that series. All right. It. It seems you're right. It seems most likely that they they go there. Right. I mean. The the red the, for, I, I I just want to say that it's more likely that the Cubs, you're talking about the Cubs. It it doesn't seem like they'll have a home playoff series. It's more likely the Cubs have a home playoff series and then they fall out of the postseason. They're a game and a half back of the Phillies. And they play four games against the Brewers and or they they're four games back of the Brewers and play three games to end the season. So it's it very well could happen that they play in Wrigley Field. But you're right. If it's, the Cubs would have to jump the Phillies too, so to play the Cubs, they're ga- they're yeah. game out of that though. They're game out of jumping the Phillies. So. And the Phillies play four the, games. The, the yes, the Cubs are. And want to be clear what you're saying. The Cubs have a have a chance to jump the Phillies. Yes. But in order for us to get out of the scenario where the Reds don't uh, play don't, right, don't, right. don't where the Reds don't play right. the Brewers, right. the Reds then have to jump the Phillies as well. It just I mean, can we just call it spade a spade right now? Right. We're playing the Brewers in Milwaukee. All right? And get yourself ready for it. And we're going to Milwaukee, and we're going to take them down. I'm sick and tired of hearing about the other bullpen. Yash, I don't care how good their pitching is, okay? I'm tired of hearing about it. Their offense is atrocious. <laughs> All right. Bengals. Well, well. Cut Lionel Collins. What do you got for me, Elliot? Well, before, before. Oh, 
I think we got a new segment to introduce real quick. Oh, we do. We have a, we have something called what? The mailbag? Is it, that what it is? It's the Chatterbox mailbag. That's right. It's a new segment we're doing here. And, and, and here we go. This is this is the Chatterbox mailbag. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. So here we go. This is the this is the letter. Uh, and, and, and again, every every day we're gonna get a letter from uh, from a different class uh, across the tri-state area, Cincinnati, maybe Hamilton, maybe we'll go to Kentucky some days. But we get a letter from uh, from a, from a classroom, uh, a second grade class, and today it's uh, Mrs. Johansson's second grade class. This is from Little Lacey. Okay. Little Lacey asks, Joey Votto has been a pretty consistent hitter against lefties for his career, with a slash line of 279, 389, 463, and a BABIP of 341, which is greater than that of his right-handed splits. However, this season, his slash line against left-handed pitchers is 180, 373, 487, but an OPS of 860. Now, that's greater than that of his right-handed splits this season. That's a great point by Little Lacey. Little Lacey asks, if these statistical anomalies were to trend in this fashion, would he still be deserving of starting every game for the last 16 games of his career? So the last 16 games, uh, Little Lacey wants to ask, is Joey Votto still good enough to start every single game from this point on? And that's Little Lacey. She's from second grade. That's Mrs. Johansson's class. Thanks, Little Lacey. Trace, what do you think? You got an answer for Little Lacey? It's a little lacy. Oh, man. I mean, that's why this show sometimes is elite. I did not know what was coming right there. All right, little, little lacy. Uh, great question, by the way. I love that. You must be good at math, Lacey. I don't know. I, I uh, This is a tough one. This was a tough one. I think the answer is simply no. He's not. He's not. Uh, you, you, you have to play. You got to do what's got you here. Yesterday on Chatterbox Red, shout out Nick Kirby. He brought up a good point. Usually is not critical. Nick Kirby is usually not critical of David Bell. Very rarely is he is he critical of David Bell. Uh, but he was critical last night. Why? Because Nick Senzel hit in a bases-loaded situation against a right-handed pitcher, and Nick Senzel is just not very good against right-handed pitching. He was 2-for-2 two two in the game, though. You could say that Nick Senzel was hot. But Will Benson was sitting on the bench ready to be hit. Would have been a perfect time to slide in Will Benson to hit against a right-handed pitcher in a bases-loaded situation. And what did we do? David Bell decided to go against the computer he's used all year long, and it just didn't work out. Now, it's one at bat, so it's hard to sit here and say that you have to do certain things in certain spots. But let's just be honest. Joey Votto's splits against left-handed pitching recently, not over the course of his career, but recently have not been very, very good. CES, unless he's hurt, has to play against left-handed pitching. And I know I said, let's enjoy the last 16 games with Joey Votto. Let's make sure we put Joey Votto in a position where he can succeed. Simple as that. I think Joey Votto is still capable of, of, of being himself. I think Trey said maybe last week, earlier this week, there are flashes where Joey Votto is still Joey Votto. Again, I saw it last night when he had that clutch two-out walk. That's a Joey Votto, that's a Joey Votto at bat. That's a Hall of Fame at bat. To give the Reds a chance in that game, down three nothing early. But I, I, I think at this point he's only going to face righties, and that's okay with me. I think the power is still there for for right now, and for me that's it's just enough to to keep him on this roster. He has a spot on this team. It's not going to be an everyday player, but I I, I love Joey. I'm going to enjoy the last 16 games. I'm going to cherish it, 
And, and hopefully those 16 games will lead to three more games in the postseason. At least three more. And that, again, that question was brought to you by Little Lacey, Mrs. Johansson's second grade class. All right. Is there any other questions out of the mailbag, or was that the only one we got in the no, mail? No, that was the only one today. But okay. I, I'll ask Mrs. Johansson if she has any more tomorrow. Okay. No, it's fair. I, I, I didn't know how many come. I mean, we get a lot of mail every single day around here, so I didn't know if we got any more questions. But that's a good question by Little Lacey. I, I don't know why... Um, I don't know why that would be controversial if it is. I mean, it doesn't seem like it should be. Um, you know, analytics, as much as some despise it, and I do from time to time, it does have one thing in mind. The goal is not to just blindly trust things with, with, with the fact that just because a computer tells you to do something, the goal is to simply make somebody have a better chance of being successful in said situation if they've proven that they've not been good in that situation, which is what we all do in life. You have your job. I have my job. Everyone has their jobs more likely because they've become accustomed to being good at something. And that's why they quite frankly do it. You don't want me working on your transmission. And I'm certain that you don't want the guy working on the transmission over here at the local shop to come in here and try to do a sports talk show. However, I say that, maybe it'll be great. But you get my point. The goal is here with the analytic crowd is to try to make sure that you put the team in the best position to be successful. And Joy Votto against left-handed pitching is not that. It's just not that. Um... Yeah, I mean, the Reds, it is, it is what it is. Uh, we're in a position where they have a chance to win. Games that we never thought in a million years would be. I mean, like, it's, it's to the point where I guess my, my children have, uh, now this is a terrible analogy, but my children have made me so proud that for a short amount of time, I really don't care if they mess up. Yeah. Like, that's how, that's how I feel about it. It's like, I, if, they, if they blow it down the stretch, they blow it. I've already counted them dead three or four times in my own head. But you know what? They're not dead yet. And you know what? It's almost selfish of me to want more in a way. That's kind of where I'm at. It's like I don't want it to end because it's been so fun. Because once it's over, you just don't know if you're going to get that again next year. In fact, I know you're not going to get this next year because the expectations are going to change. Which then, in turn, makes you view the product differently. Watching this Reds team the way that you were able to watch them this year... Not to make you sad, but it's just not going to be the same. I'm not saying it's not going to be better next year. I'm just saying it's not going to be the same. You're going you're gonna to come to expect Matt McClain to be very good at baseball. You're going to expect Ellie De La Cruz to be a little bit better at baseball. When Brandon Williamson walks out there like he did in Colorado, if he goes to Coors Field again and I walk him out to the mound, walk, watch him walk out to the mound, next year I'm going to expect him to throw the ball really, really well. This year I sat on my couch, I was eating some snacks, and I was just laughing at the fact they were running them out there. And then I was just like, wow, pleasantly surprised. This is kind of nice. It's just not going to be the same. Hopefully the Brewers fall off. If you had to take a guess, not that we want to forecast uh, this division in NL Central next year, but if you had to guess, uh, who takes the, the, the biggest step backwards next year in the NL Central? I mean, that's an easy question. The, the, only, the biggest step backwards is the Milwaukee Brewers. They just lost their general manager. They're at the end of the rope with, with a lot of their, you know, premier players like Corbin Burns and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's clearly the Milwaukee Brewers. They're also the most primed to take a step backwards because they're the most in front. So it's clearly the Milwaukee Brewers. Yep, it's going to be the Brewers. I don't think, I don't think the Brewers are going to be good going forward. 
So I and again they've had a good run. Reed and I were debating this yesterday uh, after the show. Are who's had a better uh, uh, who's had a better record for the past six seasons or eight seasons? I say, and it was the Brewers have had a better record over the Cardinals. Yeah. I, and I was wrong about it. The Cardinals, R.I.P. That team's dead. The Cubs. I think the Cubs and the Reds going forward will be the teams to beat. The Pirates are silly little a silly little team. See, see, I'm not sleeping. Don't sleep on the Pirates. I think that the Pirates are closer than all of us are going to give them credit for. I think they're closer than, than we're giving them credit for. I don't think so. I, I just think, again, Nick Kirby doesn't like this. I don't, I don't like saying it over and over again. But when you look at the team history, the Pirates have been historically bad. So I don't believe in the Pirates. They have a history of not paying guys. I, 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 don't, believe, I don't believe in what the Pirates are selling. For what it's worth, you guys are going to hate this. You guys are going to hate this. The Pirates have probably been better than the Reds over the past 20 years. No, they absolutely have. I, I, I mean, what no, are, what I, no, I absolutely have. But that, that is like, I don't believe, I still don't believe I'm a Reds fan. I still don't believe the Reds are going to win a, win a, win a playoff series. I hope they do. I pray they do. The, Pir the Pirates are probably going to win like 75 games this year. I mean, they're close. I mean, they're, they're, they're they truly, I, I, I think you guys are sleeping on what the Pirates could be. Maybe not next, I mean, if they take another step next year, they're, they're looking at 80 wins or stuff like that. They're maybe two years away, but they've got a lot of young talent, and they've got a top farm system. So just don't sleep on the Pirates. But to answer Trace's question in short, the Brewers clearly are going to take the biggest step back. Yep. Okay. Lionel Collins, uh, he, he got cut. Isn't it wild in sports how you can, you can go on this roller coaster ride of one minute you're the you're the you're the you're the biggest thing in town, and the next minute you're just a nobody. Remember, he was Joe Burrow's bodyguard. <clears throat> don't have to worry about don't have to worry about getting hit anymore, Joe. There's a new sheriff in town. He's going to Jeff Ruby's, getting getting schmoozed up. W almost, not quite, but almost one year later. We'll see you later. Appreciate you coming. I think this says a little bit about how they feel about their offensive line in general. Their offensive line, I think I had mentioned, you know, Joe Burrow is getting pressured, getting pressured, getting pressured. Can I, and it, this isn't a, this isn't like a huge take here, but I do think that it's somewhat concerning if you're if you're um, a Joe Burrow fan, which everyone is if they're a Bengals fan, is it does seem like there are times where Joe Burrow holds the ball and or finds himself in pressures getting QB pressures just based off of what he does. I'm not saying he holds the ball too long all the time, but I do think that the offensive line from time to time gets a little too much heat when it comes to QB pressures because there's other quarterbacks in this league that just get the ball out a little bit quicker. And I know why he doesn't get it out quick sometimes. Don't get me wrong. He's got, he's like, he's got incredible playmakers. And for, for a guy that doesn't, have incredible athleticism i'm talking like justin fields type athleticism elite level quickness joe burrow can move around the pocket pretty damn good he has good escapability he has the ability to extend plays but what that ultimately does as well is it is it kind of shows its head sometimes when it comes to the qb pressures he got sacked twice against cleveland i don't want to give this offensive line a, a full-on pass fellas but I do think this offensive line's a little bit better than when people want to give it credit for. Um, and I guess cutting Collins in a way, in my own head, does two things. It creates a little cap space, obviously. But it also maybe 
shines a little bit light on what this staff or the internal offices of the Bengals feel about what they have at the offensive line. Casey, you're a guy that obviously gets into all of these different things. Do you see any reason as to, as to why you feel like they cut him outside of cap space? Do you think it shines a little bit of light on what they think about what they have in the room or no? I mean, they, they just, every season, they attempt to have at least $10 million in cap space. That's kind of what their goal is. That's enough to acquire free agents they need to, elevate guys from practice squad, um, and then they can carry over whatever is left over for the following season to make more signs and to uh, get free agents. Um, this, however, was very damning, in my opinion, because it was very clear that um, they, they took the very first opportunity – I just read up on it before doing this. They took the very first opportunity for him to come off the pup list, for him to to, to to do the test, and they cut him immediately. So there was some sort of clause in his contract that said if he fails the test to come back that, you know, the money gets released, that, you know, you save more money. So that was the plan, I guess, all along. But then I got to start questioning – the depth, like what? Well, there's no depth anymore. Like there's no, we have Jackson Carmen, Deontay Smith, and Trey Trey Hill, and then we have Sharping. Those are our four backup offensive linemen, and I'm not comfortable with any of those guys. I think all those guys are terrible, um, and <laughs> all I can go back and think about is. Back in the draft, if this was the plan all along was to cut him and Jonah Williams was going to fill right in at the right tackle spot, why in the hell did we not get DeWan Jones? And you knew it was coming, Trace. I saw it. I see you. But I'm just, <laughs> I love that. Why? why? Not wrong. Why? DeWan Jones came in week one, and he looked great. He didn't give up a single pressure on 20 pass blocking snaps. And he was blowing up people. In the run game, we all know that. 200-something yards. Come on. What what are we doing as a organization? The depth is just horrible. If anyone gets hurt, the season is in jeopardy. And and Jonah Williams can't stay healthy. Is there a reason I'm why very, the Cincinnati Bengals... Concerned. Casey, is there a reason why you think the Cincinnati Bengals... And maybe, maybe the rest of the room can answer this as well. Is What, what is it about the Bengals having incredible drafts with position players, talent pieces. They brought in a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball through a free agency that have worked out incredibly well. And it's just like the crypto night sometimes. And I, again, I'm not saying that everything has been a complete failure. But what is it about the fact that this offensive line, they've done maybe more work, you could say. They've worked internally as hard as you possibly could to basically shore up this offensive line. And it's like every year we're right back to the same old stuff. It's like, well, they're really thin at line. And if something happens, you're in bad shape. Why not? I guess I guess the basic question is, why not cut Collins at just cap space? Because he's got to be better than it, Carmen. It's well, got to be better than it, Carmen. Well, it's, it's, it's two things, right? If it's – they could have done it just for cap, but they also could have done it because he's – genuinely not ready and if he's genuinely not ready 
I'm still mad because there's no depth there. It, it was a, it, this is a very damning, damning cut to me because it just, it paints a picture for me that says that they were not prepared g going into this offseason to get the depth that they needed. That's pretty much what it tells me. Um, they had a perfect opportunity in the draft to get a guy that was falling, to get a guy that would fill in a right tackle spot. You know, you're, you're giving yourself insurance by having Jonah and Dewan Jones if the plan was always to cut Lael Collins and if you knew he wasn't progressing very well. I, I'm just th – this is a, a very – a very tough bit of news for the Bengals, in my opinion. See, I, Casey, the point that you made is right about it is it does the depth, which has been the problem with the Bengals, um, it, it you know shrinks their depth. But the simple fact of the matter is it was it was never sustainable to have twenty plus million dollars oh, wrapped up wrapped up that, in the right tackle. Yeah, when neither one of them are great, and and you're right, they they probably should have taken somebody in the mid-rounds of the draft. Um, it seemed like the, the draft idea was perfect. I mean, or was, was very structured in that they were going to get defensive guys to help sustain and, and put money on the offensive side. Obviously, getting the free agent Orlando Brown, obviously having to put extensions on Joe Burrow and, and presumably Jamar Chase. All the money is going to be on the offensive side. And if I can paint just really quick, I don't mean to jump in, but I want to paint a picture at when Dewan Jones was drafted, right? He was drafted in the fourth round. The third round, we picked up a safety. Safety was already a position where we had our starters. We had depth there. It was just like an added piece that was not needed. Well, it's and the same thing, though. I mean, we're, we're looking for a backup guy, though, at right tackle there. I mean, it, it, it's, it's depth either if we got a safety or a right tackle. And, and to, to combat the point that Trace made earlier about Joe Burrow, sometimes he was trying to give the, the offensive line some credit. Last year in quarterbacks that, that threw at least 100 passes, Joe Burrow was the quickest in National Football League from snap to pass. So the idea that Joe Burrow holds on for it for too long doesn't really have any legs. because That's not true. That's where stats can lie. I'll push back on the that. Time, That's where the time from snap to pass is the, the quickest in the league, Okay, so Trace. if you throw – Really, really quick. Can I talk to you for a second, chat? I mean, let, 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 let's let Reed process this for just a second. If you throw 20 passes in a game, right? And let's say 15 of them are little swing passes or screen passes. So your ball is getting snapped to you and you're throwing it immediately. And then you got five of them where you actually drop that pass it and you hold on to the ball forever and you give up a sack or you give up pressure. So you gave up five QB hurries or you gave up five sacks. That doesn't look good on the offensive line. Oh, by the way, the other 15 that you already threw, they average out for the 20. And guess what? Your snap-to-pass ratio is all that there. So it's not all the same. That's my point. All right, go well, ahead. For, Continue. For, I mean, like, I don't know. The, the, the Joe Burrow last year was quickest in snap-to-pass. He was – and also, also was knocked down the most. <laughs> and he was sacked the most in the National Football League last year. So all those things seem to be competing with what Trace is trying to say. Is I mean, if, if you're going to make an assertion that – he sometimes holds it for too long when there just isn't stats to back it up. 
that might be the case. Now, Joe Burrow has said on record before that he doesn't mind taking a third down sack because what's the point? You got to let the play develop. And if it's third and 10, what's the difference? If you're going to punt the ball anyways, what's the difference taking a sack right there? Now, that is true. <laughs> Joe Burrow has gone out and said, like, I don't mind getting sacked on third down because I'm going to let the play develop. If there's nobody available, I'm going to try downfield and then, and then try for the first down. That all is true. But to say that Joe Burrow holds on to the ball for too long when that's when he's the quickest in the league at throwing the ball, when he's dead last and getting knocked down despite being the quickest to throw the ball, is just wrong. The offensive line just doesn't protect him, and I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Um, there's just – I don't understand why the, the, the issues are there. And at some point, you got to start looking at the coaching staff, at Frank Pollock. I mean, he still have, have yet to get something going um, that – I mean, last year, that 10-game win streak was probably the best that we've had in terms of protection. He was only getting sacked once a game, one and a half sacks, something like that. And we were playing some teams that, you know, could really get after the quarterback, too. You think of, like, the Patriots. They're in the top five and getting pressures on the quarterback. The Buccaneers have really good defense. But all that being said, it doesn't matter when, when someone gets hurt. And that's, that's exactly what happened during the playoffs. When someone gets hurt, someone's got to step up. And right now, it's looking like when someone gets hurt, we're going to have someone trotting out there that's going to give up two sacks a game. That's, that's what they're doing currently, and it's uh, very concerning. Um, I don't know. I don't think this has anything to do with T. They already said that his contract negotiations were closed. And so I just – this is simply either Lyle was not ready and they didn't feel comfortable paying him that seven, nine, whatever million it was, or they're just looking to create cap. That's, for, that, yeah. for, that, that, that's literally it. And I, I feel like that's, 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 ter that's a terrible way to think about it because if Lyle needs another month, that, like, let, let's just give it to him anyways, right? If he gets healthy in another month, and I don't, I don't know this. This is me speculating before I go any further. If he gets healthy in a month, it would have not been worth it to cut him for the cap space because he's that good of a depth piece. He can fill in at guard or tackle. He's been a Pro Bowl caliber lineman. He played really well at the end of the at, at, toward the tail end of the season last year when he was healthy. When he gets healthy, he's a good player. So I just – I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I, I'm, I'm upset with the organization, but at the same time, it's a lot of speculation. So. Well, yes. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just the exact points that we made earlier. $20 million for a, right, for, for a pair of right tackles. When you put $20 million into your right tackle, you should be getting elite-level production. And when you're getting a mediocre right tackle in Jonah Williams and then a slight – and then – Lyle Collins coming off the bench and you're putting $20 million for mediocre play. That just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And I get the point about you need depth there. You need depth there because that is what hurt the Bengals in the postseason last year. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just doesn't make sense money-wise in a time where the money strains are going to get very tight for the Bengals going forward. Right. Uh, Ryan Brinker with a super chat says, I think these last four years – the front office, Zach Taylor, and this team has earned our trust. I worry some, but I believe they know what they're doing. I think it's a fair point, but 
the one thing that the Reds have tried to, or the Reds, the Bengals have tried to do to, 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 to fix this problem that they've not done at most other positions is they've tried to fix it with money and free agency. Now, they've done some things good on the defensive side of the ball through free agency, without question. But the real, the real, if we want to get into it, the real issue is you send a second round pick on Jackson Carmen and he's not helping you at all. You've drafted other, uh, other offensive linemen that have just not helped you. Yep. At all. At some point, that's the real problem. They're trying to mask that problem right now because they've drafted so well everywhere else that they have, an, they have an elite level roster that they just need to fix one part of it. So they've thrown some money at it. And has it worked? I don't know. I mean, you could say that it's worked. They looked pretty damn good towards the end of last season. Yes, Collins went down with an injury, but you can't forecast that. How are you supposed to know that's going to happen? You're not. You're not. So before... We just crush the front office and assume that it's that it's, that it's their their fault as to why this has been an ongoing problem. I would say it's more of an ongoing problem because you have not drafted well, which is the root of the which is the root of your success in general, right? Right. So it right. It, 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 I you have to, I don't say you have to cut them, but it makes sense to cut them, especially if you're in a position where you're just using him as a depth piece, right? Um, I don't know what the rules are from cutting a guy and then they sit around for a month and then you re-sign them back. That maybe that's an opportunity. I don't know what the rules are with all of that, but um, something to keep in mind. And I I, I still stand by the fact and 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 I understand you can use the the statistics of how quick he gets the ball out, but again, I don't know if that's a really fair argument as to why you could say he holds on to the ball or doesn't hold on to the ball. To be clear, I think Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. I'm not suggesting for one second that I think he's the main problem. I just think that there are times where he does hold onto the ball a little bit longer than usual when it comes to some of these drop back passes because he has elite level players and he's a competitor and he doesn't want to throw the ball away. Yeah, that's fine. But you also can't fault the offensive line for every single one of those situations. I I, I go all the way back to the Tennessee Titans playoff game where he got sacked nine times or whatever it was I just don't think all nine of those sacks were were on the offensive line now I know that's a ridiculously long way to go back to 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 get to a point that I'm trying to make but we'll see how it goes just keep in mind when you watch the games do you think that sometimes when he gets pressured was that just a product of Joe wanting to extend the play or was that a product because the offensive line just got beat and they're not very good we have something new uh, I think it's going to be an elite level, what we'll call segment. For those that are new, um, we had a little bit of a snag, a snag foo. I don't know what the right term is, but we had a, uh, we had what we would like to call a local news station that decided they wanted to report on a story of ours called the Chatterbox Sports Bash on Shorevine. And in that, we come to realize that, well, Elliot Rearing. Not a huge fan of the local news. And I thought to myself, well, what can we do on this show to make it a little bit better? Just a little bit better. Um, these guys are over here scrambling around because they have a light situation. What they need to do, and I'll tell them what they need to do right here on air. They need to go grab something to get the lights from shining through the window. So I'll buy him. I'll buy him a little more time because that's just what we do here on Off the Bench. 
But if they can figure out this light situation, that'll fix all their problems, and I think they're going to figure it out right now. Heaven forbid the sun cause problems, but the sun is causing some issues as we speak. And those issues are pretty much long gone now because I bought them just enough time to figure all that out. So without farther ado, at the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to bring you Elliot's weather. Take it away. Well, hey, 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 everybody. How's everybody doing? My name is Elliot. Yeah, let's, let's use this. Here we go. Yeah. Am I in the frame? Now I am. Welcome to the local news. My name is Elliot Michaels of Chatterbox, of Chatterbox 420 News. Today, we're going to tell you about the weather and this brilliant news forecast. Today, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be not a lot of clouds. If you look outside or if you have a phone, you're going to find out what the temperature is. So let's do that right now. Right around, right around 70 degrees. And again, you'd know this if you just took a look outside or walked outside. You don't really have to watch the news, but that's where we are. Uh, the rest of this news forecast, it'll be about, I would say about 24 minutes of commercials and then three more minutes of murders. So you have, you have to tune in that. I, I, you're going you're gonna to go to sleep tonight thinking uh, worse of the world. But that's the weather. If you have any more weather questions today, you're going to, again, you're going to just look outside the windows. And if you go outside, you're going to feel the air. You're going to feel the breeze. That's the weather. You don't need to tune into any other news station tonight because that's your weather. 69 to 70 degrees roughly today. 72 maybe. If it gets a little hotter, 73. Again, the temperature changes every second of every day. So it's really never going to stay the same. Uh, is it going to rain today? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Just look outside. It's not that hard, guys. Other than that, thank you. Chip and Cheryl, back to you. We probably should have remembered to put a microphone over there before the segment started. <laughs> What are we doing? That's elite level planning by Chatterbox Sports right there. There's a couple other things that I'd like to figure out. Maybe just a maybe just a stinger so we could buy ourselves just a maybe like, I don't know, 20, 25 seconds we can come up with. Make sure everything's squared away before we hit the new segment. We'll get to that. We'll get it better. We'll make it better. Um, but that was your weather today. Uh, local on the 11. I don't know what they call that. I think it's like local on the 8s or something like that. But that's here nor there. Uh, listen. I, I also want to say uh, out loud here as the uh, host of the show for now, uh, I, I, do, I do think reporting on the weather is important, um, but I do think that uh, the bit's also funny. So we're going to continue with the bit because at the same time, he's not wrong. I mean, you can check your phone pretty much at all times of every day. There are situations maybe where there's uh, what we'd call emergency weather, where there is actual real importance there. Uh, the only issue is, is that it is kind of wild. It takes up like 10 to 15 minutes of every day. Um, but that's 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 part of it, I guess. I mean, maybe some people don't know they have apps that tell you everything you need to know on your phone. Yeah, can I say something real quick too, if that's okay? I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna see what I look like in this suit in this chair real quick because I think that's gonna be yeah. Look that, that looks just about as absurd as I thought it would look. So yesterday when we were planning this bit, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go find a cheap suit. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this look as cheesy and corny as possible. I think that'll be the the best for the show. I go to some some place called uh, uh, Burlington, it, Burlington Coat, Coat Factory. I think that's what it was, but it was it was where the old Goodwill used to be. So I wonder if the Goodwill uh, on Glenway Avenue just put all their garbage in this store. So I was I was searching through the racks. Took about 35 minutes to find something. The, the store was cluttered. I'm not going to blame Burlington Coat Factory again. No free ads. 
But I got down to the, the, the jacket section, and you know what? I'm like, all right, this one, looks, this one looks big and corny, and this one looks silly enough. I get to the checkout. They had no prices. They have no prices at Burlington Coat Factory. It's a guessing game. You walk up to the register. It was about a 15-minute line. So at, at, when I got to the front and they told me the price, which was absurd, it was about $80 for this. So, what? so, what? yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a brutal moment. I'm not going to lie. It was one of, it was one of the worst moments I've ever had spending $80 on this, but I, you know, I'm a, I'm a team, I'm a team player. I'm a team player. And you know what? I, I fought through it for the bit, $80 for this terrible jacket. Uh, I'll never see that $80 again. But again, I got to the front of the line and we, we started checking it out. She said the price. And there was another like 30 people behind me in this line. There was no chance I was going back. There was no chance I was too far gone into this bit. So now I have an $80 sport coat that I, again, will only be used for jokes. Everybody else in the office now has permission to wear it. Uh, maybe if somebody can Venmo me, I can pay for, pay for another piece of clothing later. But as of right now, $80 down the drain. Why didn't you go to Goodwill? Because I, listen, the bit is funny. But again, this is just a bit, and I can't spend my whole night running around looking for cheap jackets that are corny. The goodwill that I had had been replaced by this Burlington Coat Factory that I thought was still goodwill. Burlington Coat Factory inherited the garbage and trash from that goodwill. I looked through the bins, and this is what I found. $80. You look great. You look great. Thanks. Spiffy. <laughs> I mean, what a loss. There is not a loss that I've ever experienced worse. I mean, I've had some brutal gambling beats in my life. I'm trying to think back to a couple of them. I mean, some just disgusting buzzer beaters. Coach Calipari uh, not having Oscar Shibaway shoot at the buzzer against South Carolina for some odd reason. There's just been a lot of beats. Yesterday, getting up after a 15-minute wait, 30 minutes of searching, getting to the front of the line and having the person, the cashier, tell me, oh, yeah, that's $80. That was about the lowest I've been in a long time. <laughs> But you know what? I'm a team guy, so I'm going to keep doing this bit. If you guys don't like the bit, I don't care, if I'm going to be honest, because I'm going to get $80 worth out of it. If, this, if $80 takes four years, we're, I'm going to do that bit for four years. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy it. Buckle up, Ron. We're never talking about sports. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This is the best part about that whole thing. I know exactly what happened. Elliot's such a nice guy. He was just thinking about everybody else in that whole entire Burlington Coat Factory. He got to the front of that line after waiting, realized he did not want to spend that money, but he was too shy to tell the cashier, you know what, I think I need to go find another one. He certainly wasn't going to wait in the line again. Speaking of which, how the hell is there a 15-minute line at the Burlington Coat Factory? Yeah. Can this we be honest? Listen, these were, well, questions, the good deals. these were questions I was asking myself. Uh, but, again, all thoughts left my brain once she told me the price tag. So, whatever. I'll, I'll pay $80 for the team. This is an $80 jacket. I want everybody to at least put it on once uh, in their Chatterbox careers because otherwise it would just be a waste of time. Read but that I, super chat, Elliot. Super chat. Elliot, go to Goodwill and get you a cheesy tie for the next weather report. Yeah, Higgy. Is that Higgy Baby? Higgy Baby. Higgy Baby, yeah. I, that's, that's in the works. I was going to go buy another tie. Yesterday, I was going to, because I realized that right as I got to the front of the line, right when I was about four people back, I'm like, you know what, I should have gotten a tie, but I'll just go back and get one. She told me it was $80, and I said, no tie for me. I'll leave, I'll leave the show, and, uh, or I'll leave the store, and I'll go home. And that's what I did, $80. I'm a team guy. So here's what we're going to do today on After Off the Bench. Uh, there is a Goodwill that I know about. It just so happens to be next to a place where we can get lunch. 
we're going to take Elliot into a Goodwill, show him that there's a place that you can go that doesn't have a 15-minute line, and this price is probably going to be like $2. Maybe we can, we can up the wardrobe game around here. We'll see. Speaking of wardrobes, I don't know if you guys have been in the, uh, the Reds Hall of Fame of late. Next time we have Mr. Marty Brenneman on this this show, maybe we could reach out to Marty. I know Tom's been gone. We've 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 kind of uh, we've kind of laid low there on the uh, on the Brennemans, trying to give them a little reprieve. But I don't know if you've been through there or not. But they have the uh, they have the place where you can act as if you're calling a game and or reporting live on the uh, on the sports set there. No free ads. No sports free ads. set. Um, and they have the types of suits and or what they would traditionally wear. You have Marty, you have Joe, and then you have Walter Cronkite. Was that who it was? Cronky. I don't. I don't know. Like, like I, the old somebody's gonna Why crush would... me for this. What, like so my apologies in advance. I'm sure it was an old Reds uh, announcer. Someone in the chat is gonna correct me. Please do. I don't mean it with no disrespect. Of course, it's just just before my time. I can tell you, Walter Cronkite. Yeah, yeah did that's not the Arizona the, State. Did not do the Reds games. Um. Someone in the chat help help a brother out. I, I don't know. But regardless, to get my point, they have their entire wardrobe there, Elliot. Okay. I well, want to know, and I should have taken a picture. I want to know if those were those were asked about, if that was something that was that was discussed with these announcers about what they wore. Did they provide them the apparel to put on? Because if they didn't, it seems uh it seems pretty wild that that they're going to assume and act like that's exactly what they would wear. I'm assuming they just go through some pictures and go try to find a replica. But I was wondering, perhaps, maybe Marty has some extra suits in the old office that uh, that you might be able to support. Or sport, not sport, sport. Yeah, I mean, these were questions I wish we would have we would have asked yesterday before I went to uh, Burlington Coat Factory and bought an $80 jacket. But that, listen, I, I, I'm excited to explore the possibilities now. I, I this I can't return this. This is this is the jacket I'm wearing. If we go out and buy a two dollar jacket, I'm gonna be upset. So this is what I'm wearing the rest of the time on the news. I'll go buy ties. I'll go buy everything else. But this is what I'm wearing. Wait, Hoyt was the guy. Thank you. Was was who you were looking for? That's exactly who it was. Wait, and Hoyt. if I had to say this, don't tell Marty this. But of all the guys that if I could have dressed up like, Wait Hoyt was was fire. He had some really good really good outfits in that little set of things. Now I didn't put it on because why would I? Number one. No offense to people that do, but two, it is a little, it's a little, it a little grossed me out that just like thousands of people every day just decide to throw that on and just I don't know, yeah. maybe germs kind of got to me there. Um, all right, there were some germs in the Burlington Coat Factory. There weren't a lot of cleaning, and they had, by the way, and I, I've never seen this. They had like snacks throughout. Like you would go search through clothes, and I'd find snacks. They'd have, they'd have bags of popcorn and such. They'd have. Uh, Oh, what are those things? Um, uh, pork rinds. They had pork rinds Ooh, scattered like throughout the aisles when I was looking for a jacket. Just Ooh. interesting. Just interesting stuff there. A lot of value. All right. Fun little game we're going to play here really quickly around Except the horn. Jacket. Around the horns. Got to be quick. Got to have an answer within 10 seconds or less. We'll start with Elliot. Then we're going to go to Reed. We'll go to me. And we'll finish off with Casey. And who knows where he's going to be. Um, when you go to the gas station, your snack of choice is this. Go. Pringles. It'll, 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 it's the uh, sour cream and onion Pringles. Either Chex Mix Bold Party Mix or I like a Reese's Fast Break. I do uh, straight up the Twizzlers, and I really do like the uh, the little sour uh, sour balls. I don't know what they're called, but the, the sweet the tart sweet sours. Go. Yeah, uh, I like the little uh, chewy sweet tarts, the little tiny ones, and I like the uh, – 
in the Chex Mix, those things that are just the hard chips, like the oh, yeah, brown the bagels. The bagels. Yeah, the bagels. I just get those. Nice. Those are really good. Trace, so there's two different kinds of, I love that background. There's two different kinds of people when, when it comes to candy. Like there's people that like the sweet candy, like the Twizzlers, the sweet tarts, all those things. And there's people who like chocolate. I would say I'm a chocolate guy. Elliot, if I had to guess, you are a chocolate guy over a candy guy? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. I'm not a big candy guy, but yeah, I, if I have to, I'll, I'll, I'll You'll have a chocolate bar. M&Ms over, or, yeah. or yeah. such like that, yes. Okay, and then Tra I, I knew Trace was a candy guy, and I would have figured Casey was a candy guy, like the sweet candies and stuff like that. Yeah, the uh, the little mini chews are elite. Like yeah. Those are those, yeah, those, those are... Like crap. And I'm going to give you a pro tip if you like mini chews. You ready for this one? This is why you tune in off the bench because you get you get nuggets like this. Uh, if you put those in your in your kind of dash there, and you and it's sunny outside, Ooh, give it give it about 10, 15 minutes in the dash, pull it down, and uh, ecstasy is what some would say. Just saying. All right, Taylor Swift. Does anyone really care? I don't. I certainly don't. I do know this. That that would be the that would be the that would of all the things that Travis Kelsey's ever done in his career and life, that would be the number one thing at the top of the list if he was able to pull that off. I mean that sincerely. Two things. One, Taylor Swift's she's she's elite. In every in every way possible, Taylor Swift is elite, I think. Uh I know Travis Kelsey's maybe the greatest tight end of all time, but if he's able to pull that down, good for him. Congratulations to Travis Kelsey. I don't believe it until I see it because I just think when you get to that that high up in society and life, I just don't. I know it sounds wild, but I just don't think that it's even possible to have a relationship, which is sad. But that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think it's for those type of people. It's just brutal to have any type of meaningful relationship. It's why they all end in divorce. But I, I think Travis Kelsey. If I'm going to give a serious take here. Travis Kelsey is about to ruin Taylor Swift's career. Love that. He's going to break her heart, break her spirit. Mm. Taylor Swift is going to write a song, and it's not going to be as good because that's how bad her heart was just broken. I'm ready to cancel Taylor Swift over if she is, in I fact, dating Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is my least favorite football player in the National Football League by a billion jillion percent. The only good thing... The only good thing that could come out of a Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift relationship is when they inevitably break up, and then Taylor Swift starts writing Who Day songs. Because if she starts Hell writing yeah. some Bengals songs, I will then uncancel her. But at this very moment, if that news is true, Taylor Swift canceled, cancel her because Travis Kelsey is the worst. I hate him. Yeah, I just don't want a bunch. I don't want the Swifty Army to be a bunch of Chiefs fans now too. Like. The two together just seem like a really bad mix. I mean, you got one radical side and the other, and they just <laughs> smash them together, and you mm. just – Bengals fans are in the middle of that. Oof, I don't want to be Speaking of Bengals, I, Casey, Casey brought this up before the show, and I'm going to make him talk about this now. Yeah. There is a curse going on in Cincinnati regarding yep. the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. There is. There if is. You if, you're not, if you're not aware of it, Casey's about to inform you. But it's probably the most damning curse – that's ever that's ever happened in, in, in sports history. Correct. It's worse yeah. than the Billy Goat. It's worse right. than Steve Bartman. Worse than Babe Ruth. It's the Bambino. Worse than the curse of the Bambino. This is worse than any single curse going on in sports. Casey. Yeah. Um. This is a this is really concerning. By the way, for all Bengals fans, for the next ten years, I forget how long this deal was, but Skyline is it's a curse. It's a curse. Bengals have not played well. 
since being partnered with Skyline. You know who else has not played well when they partner with Skyline? Bearcats. Xavier. The Reds. <laughs> I think there's a trend. I don't like this trend. And you know, it, 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 was, it wasn't even, it was even worse than, than what the normal curse is because they decided to drop Gold Star, a partner that had been loyal throughout the dead years, throughout the 90s and the early 2000s. They've been with us through thick and thin. And the moment they need more money, they drop them like that. I'm just very worried and concerned that the Skyline curse is going to get the Bengals too. Thoughts? After, since, since the Bengals signed as Skyline as their official chili, the Bengals have played the worst game that has ever been played on a gridiron. It was the worst football game that anybody has ever seen. My own eyes. That was an unmitigated disaster. There was absolutely, I've been asking people all week, where the hell was the mitigation at? And there was no mitigation because the Bengals signed with Skyline Chili. Do, does, does Skyline do the BOGO three ways after Bengals wins anymore? I don't think they do. Because that, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to go to Gold Star, give them business after Bengals wins, and, and maybe they'll never win a game again because of the Skyline Chili curse. But if they do, I'm going to Gold Star, and I'm getting two three-ways because that's how it was back in the good old days of last year and the year before that. Skyline, it, I mean. Yeah, no, and I agree. And here's the thing. They need your business. Gold Star is dying for business. I looked at one of the Gold Star shacks over here in Hamilton. It was about the most disgusting foul place I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, so, yeah, if, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're in need of – some donations, you come over and you give your money to Gold Star Chili. God knows they need it. But I think there is a point to this. I think there is a, a point to this curse where it's there. It is real, right? Skyline has 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 forbidden uh, for, forbidden the uh, the Xavier Musketeers from ever getting to a Final Four. It's it's forbidden the the the, use of the University of Cincinnati Bearcats to advancing farther than the Sweet Sixteen. I you know we're, we're dealing with the curse here that that's going above our heads and it's really serious. I think what the Bengals need to do, they need to cut their ties with Skyline, and they need to go right back to Gold Star Chili. Gold Star Chili is the chili of Cincinnati. I'm tired of hearing otherwise. It's the, it's the chili of the future because they don't even serve chili anymore. They're just selling like chicken sandwiches. So go to Gold Star. Give them your business. Give them your donation. Write them a check. Write them a personal check. Here's $10, Gold Star. You need it more than I do. Let's give it to Gold Star. How long has Skyline been? I mean, I, listen, it was just before my time. So how long, to, to some of the older people in the chat, how long has Skyline been the official chili of the Reds? Because I think I, I, I've always heard, of course, 1977 uh, is when they started. And then they took a one-year break. For some reason, they had a downturn from 1998, or 1989 to 1991. They took wow. a break with the Reds. Damn it. And that has basically been the tenure of the sponsorship of the wow. Cincinnati Reds with Skyline. So you should look into it. Give it some thought. Casey might be onto something. That brings me to the chat poll question of the day. Do you think you can tell the difference between Skyline and Gold Star? Yes, no, don't care, both are same. How about that? Let me say it again. Do you think you can tell the difference between... Gold Star and Skyline, yes, no, both are the same. 
Maybe you take out don't care because that might be too many characters inside the old YouTube chat algorithm. It won't allow you to do that. So we'll just say don't care, both same. Nick Kirby dropped that Skyline has been the official chili of the Reds since 2002. Oh. Has the past 21 years, do you Reds fans, has the past 21 years been pretty fair to you? Has it been good? No. Okay. They haven't made the postseason, or they, they haven't advanced in the postseason since the year 2000. They're the only MLB franchise to do so. And here's the thing. Uh-oh. No other franchises are sponsored by Skyline Chili. <laughs> Listen, guys. So Cincinnati has, has a thing where, like, people come to Cincinnati, got to try the, the Cincinnati-style chili, and where do they go? Skyline. Skyline is synonymous with our town, whether we like it or not. But we've got to do something about this. I, I, this, is, this has gone beyond bit now. This has gone beyond bit. 2002? Since the last, since the, the Reds have been the official chili of Skyline, and they haven't advanced in the postseason. The Bengals have had Skyline as their official sponsor for one game, and it was the worst game that I've ever seen. It was an unmitigated disaster and absolutely no mitigation. <laughs> the, the, Xavier, the mitigation joke keep is going. such a bad joke, but I, it's bad and clean up in my repertoire of jokes right now. That's and I'll great. keep it going. That's the, great. the Xavier Musketeers, love them to death, have not been to a Final Four. The UC Bearcats have not been to a Final Four since 1992. I would reckon that Skyline has been the official chili of the Bearcats since 1992, or at least beyond that. So at some point, we gotta we gotta see what this is. Not only that, FC partnered with Skyline. They haven't won any championships as of late. You're damn right. The they Cincinnati have. Cyclones. Well, maybe maybe they've done something, but. There's a lot of problems here, guys. It's not good. I'm worried. I'm really worried. They need to go back to Gold Star. You know who Skyline hasn't been the official sponsor of? The New England Patriots. LeBron's Miami Heat, as Casey just shown. I mean, the Alabama Crimson Tide has not been the official chili sponsor of those teams. I mean, there's something in the weeds here. Could There's be, uh, could be. Do you do me a favor on this show right now? If you have not already, hit the little thumbs up button. It's also called the like button on the stream. If you've not, also please subscribe to the channel. Please just just go hit subscribe. Uh, we are at nine point eight six thousand subscribers to our YouTube channel. Uh, a little known fact that I seen, I thought it was kind of funny when I first seen it because we had just started YouTube. Chatterbox Sports been around since 2019, but we just started our YouTube channel basically a year ago, if we're being honest. And the very first comment I had seen when Tom announced that he was going to do this very show off the bench with Tom Brenneman, the comment I seen was Tom Brenneman is doing a sports talk show on a YouTube channel that has... 25 followers. Well, little did that person know that the 25 followers is because we literally didn't do anything on YouTube ever before. And now we sit one year later with 9.86 thousand subscribers because of people like you. I say all that not to braggadociously say what we've done. That's irrelevant. It's literally you. I know that sounds wild and you think that I'm being maybe like over, I oversell that a little bit. I'm not. The truth is this. When you tune in every single day and you get into the chat and you comment on our, our on our YouTube videos and you do all the things that you've continued to do time and time again, yes, we, we do understand that we're trying to be entertaining and you appreciate the show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I just want to remind you that 
without you being here, this show is worthless and it doesn't exist. Somebody would tune in. Let's let's also we could run the greatest sports talk show in the history of sports talk shows. And if it was on YouTube and there was one person watching, it could be literally the greatest show ever. You're not gonna watch. Because psychologically, when you look on on YouTube and you see some something, some videos live, and there's one person watching, well, you naturally aren't going to tune in. But the thing is, is that some of you did do that from the very, very get-go. Many of you are OGs in this thing, and I know we get to this point uh, of the year here where we're kind of we're kind of getting to that one-year anniversary that we've already passed. Tom's obviously not been here. Many people said this show was going to be cooked when Tom left, and you know what? I'm not suggesting that that the show is is, is better without Tom because it's not. When Tom comes back, I'll happily go over there and sit next to Casey and we'll con- we'll continue to keep this thing rolling and we'll have fun. But I, I again, I just want to say thank you uh, for liking the show on a daily basis. Thank you for sharing what we do uh, with fran- friends and family. By all means, don't make a huge conversation around the uh, Thanksgiving dinner table or something like that. But it certainly beats politics and it certainly beats religion. If you if you want to bring up those two subjects, just bring up off the bench. Yeah, and, and I want to say not to get too sappy, but we missed our one year anniversary. We never really announced that on the show, but it was about it was a year we we've been doing the show earlier this month, and I got to join it. I, I joined this 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 company three months ago. Three years ago. Excuse me. You joined three years ago. Oh, that's right. I did. I did join. I, I worked. The, trained. I worked the iPads. I there. <laughs> I worked the iPads, but I I got hired back again, uh, three months ago as as a, as an employee as a full time member of the team. It's it's been awesome to see this company grow. Chatterbox Reds has been awesome. Mac and JT, Chatterbox Bengals, every, uh, Kasky's uh, uh, Chatterbox Clicker. Every, every every single show we've done, it's been awesome to see the growth, and we're going to continue to grow. That's all. Of this has happened in a year's time. So next year, this coming year, it's going to be a big year for us. Yeah. Not only did we miss uh, the one year anniversary, but yesterday was Tom's birthday. So happy uh, happy birthday, Tom! What? Happy birthday, Tom! We suck. I suck. You know what I am I am terrible at? I will be, and I know, that I, I, I guess in a way everybody thinks that they would rather have the person who they are. I am, uh, I am usually pretty straightforward, honest. I, I don't really kind of play stupid games. And by stupid games, you know, say one thing to one person, go say another thing to another person, and then try to, you know, basically manipulate yourself into a situation. I'll tell you if I effed up. Uh, kid show. I'll tell you if I effed up, but the one thing I am horrible at, and I mean de- dead honest, horrible at, I, it doesn't mean I don't care about people. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate them. I will literally forget birthdays, anniversaries, just ask my wife, my mother's birthday, my dad's birthday. I, 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 God's honest truth. If no one told me, hey, it's your mom's birthday, or hey, it's this person's birthday, I would never tell anyone happy birthday. I just, I have a, that's a severe, uh, trait that I have that is not very good. It makes people assume that you don't care about them. I don't mean it to be that way. The fact that it was Tom's birthday yesterday now is absurd. Maybe, maybe, you know, that's why he's all worried that we don't think we want him back because we didn't wish him happy birthday yesterday. But Tom, if you're watching, we want you back about as fast as humanly possible, to be honest with you. I love doing this show. I do appreciate doing this show, but there's a lot of things that need to get done around here. And uh, one, I think Tom would do a better job sitting behind this desk than I do. Um, but I also think that uh, if I'm sitting over there and Tom's here, this show becomes elite. I really do think that, but that's here nor there. But I am terrible with birthdays. So my apologies. Happy birthday to Tom. Happy birthday in the chat. We almost should have like, uh, is there a way 
this is where technologically speaking, someone else should have to tell me this. Is there a way where we can create a calendar? I know this sounds goofy. Maybe it's too cheesy, but where people could submit their birthdays in the chat. Like it'd be kind of nice every day to start the show off or yeah. have just a birthday, a little quick birthday segment, a little, yeah, you nice. know, it'd be, be nice to know. Yash, when's your birthday? We'll start you off with you. I remember. I give you hell for Great Britain. I give you hell for London. Hello. 1776 is a real thing, though. Hello, it's just that I do want to wish you a happy birthday. We do appreciate you watching the show. And same with everyone else. It's funny because I almost can name. If you gave me an hour, I can name like almost all the people that are in this chat on a consistent basis and tell you what their, what their viewpoints are. And it's like you know them. It's kind of a weird dynamic. I'm good with birthdays. I remember all of your guys' birthdays. Well, good for you. January so 30th, smart. February 18th, May 13th, right? You're a romantic Reed. Reed cooks his wife dinner, mm -hmm. tells her that he loves her all the time. I do. I do all great, these great husband is Reed Mouse. I'm sure there's flaws in there somewhere. I don't know oh, where they're at. Messy. I'm sure there's plenty of them. But I I, I, I will say that I envy sometimes uh, the, the, um, the romanticism that is Reed Mouse. I, I thank you, Trace. That is something I, I do consider myself a romantic. I like cooking. I like doing all these things. I'm not. I'm not clean. I will. I tell Mariana all the time. I'm not cleaning the house. I'm sorry. I just that's that's where the break is. I'll, yes. I do the dishes. I cook. I clean. I take care of the dog. I don't. I don't clean my bed. I do the dishes. I cook. I take care of the dogs. I do things around the house all the time. Take care of all the outside work. And I just. I just don't you draw cook. the line in the sand of cleaning the house, but you don't draw the line in the sand of setting up nativity scenes when the when the when the Bengals are playing the Chiefs in Week 14. Correct. Correct. That is absolutely true. Because I got to help the family out. It's listen. This if you guys don't know this, if you're new to this show, at some point during this football season, my wife will have something cooked up on a Sunday for us to do. Whether it be for the past few years, we've gotten with her family pictures on a Sunday or. A, a, it's been a couple times where we've had to set up the nativity scene at the church that we that we kind of help run here in town. Um, yeah, there's going to be several things on a Sunday where I, I, I need one day, man. I love you. I need one day. Give me give me Sundays at one, and any other time I'm I'm free. I'm, I'm I'll do whatever you want to do, but Sundays at one, just just let me have those four hours. That's yeah, all I ask. And I agree. And, I, and real quick, I want to get this show right back on track. I know Ron's been calling for it since '90 Sports. So, so Casey, I, I'd like to throw it to you. FC Cincinnati's got a big match against uh, the <laughs> against the Philadelphia Union. I believe they're the reigning champions of the MLS Super Cup. If, Super if, Cup. You, if you have to predict uh, your match predictions, maybe give some analysis on some of the players. Um, uh, really, your predictions, your thoughts, your overall opinions on FC Cincinnati going forward. As there's quite a bit of season left to play, they still have the the first place spot uh, in whatever division they play in in soccer. I don't I, MLS. I think has two divisions: the East, the West. I don't know. But Casey, why don't you give us some analysis, please? Uh, yeah, Elliot. Uh, FC play Philadelphia. Um, they actually played each other in the playoffs last year, and it was a one nothing loss mm. for FC. Um, nice scoring. That was called nil. Oh, one nil, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Um, I can, they care. I'll, I'll start saying it. zero one if you want. Um, yeah. So the, the 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 two teams are actually pretty evenly matched. Um, they they are they're both pretty good teams. Um, this should be a really good match. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's sorry, sorry, Casey. No, keep going, please. It'll be a good match. What, what can I say? I thought, we had a Mitch, I thought we had a Mitch McConnell situation right there. I thought we were frozen in time. We were never going to get it back. 
Oh, FC Cincinnati, by the way. I'll uh, tell you what, we're going to have I'm a fist sorry. fight I'm here sorry, after Casey. this, dude. We're going to have a fist fight after this show. <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be a cage match between Casey McAllister and Elliot. I, and I don't think Elliot just, better get that coat ready cuz he's going to need it. I, I'm just trying to give FC Cincinnati the props they deserve. Casey's been saying, "Why do you disrespect our team all, all year long?" I'm trying to give him props and Casey's over there just they saying They play it's a good Saturday. Match. I'm not prepared to talk about them yet. I'm well, talking about here, Friday. I'll give you some facts real talk quick. Talk about Friday. It's the Eastern Conference. FC Cincinnati is in first place. They have 57 points. Philadelphia has 46 points. They're in fourth place uh so it is a big match you uh, fc Cincinnati has a sizable lead so nothing would change if they were to lose but you know it's a big match for the city big match for the big match for the for the club for the for the lads casey i'm sorry i, I mean they, mean they they just this is a big match just because of the uh the feeling of rivalry like they, they don't have very many rivals right now besides like columbus crew so anytime that they play someone in the playoffs and they lose like that's kind of like, and they're in the fans' minds. This is a new rival, and because they're a good team, it raises the stakes a little bit more. Um, because even if Philadelphia wins, I know I know what the points are. I know what the table says. FC's got a very commanding lead right now, fifty-seven forty-six. But Philadelphia, they can sneak up. Orlando, they already beat them, one nil. Uh, last week, or not last week, two weeks ago. So, like, FC can't be losing games. Like, they can't drop these games. They need to win these games, especially, um, I was going to say uh, uh, at home, but this is not at home. This is a, at Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's um, confusing because they're the only sport that has the, the home team uh, up top, not on, not on the bottom, like every other sport, when you read it. You strange. know what? To defend Casey a little bit too. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Casey. bashing Casey. I'm. I'm. I'm supporting his team. No, I understand you're, you're supporting his team. That's a good bit you're running there, and I, I appreciate it. But you know what? When the Bengals season turns on, when 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 the when the NFL Sundays are back, Casey McAllister's just, he's he can say whatever he wants over there, but he's just an NFL fiend, and that's what he does. That's what he does. Got a whole Why? show about it because <laughs> he does a show. He does a show about it, and he does it with uh, another guy that you might remember, intern intern Jacob. Speaking of Jacob, hopefully he's doing well down in Tuscaloosa. I don't think things are going as, as planned down there. Hopefully everything's okay. I don't know. I don't know if uh, if Nick Saban puts the wrath on the uh, video team, but if he does, uh, <laughs> Jacob might not be able to make it to the show tonight. Have you have you have you have you checked in with Jacob at all since the last time that they played the uh, Longhorns of Texas? Because if so. He might actually have to be uh, doing some extra studying based off the way that I hear Nick Saban runs a program. Have you talked to Jacob recently? No, I've not talked to Jacob, but I actually had a – this is really strange. I've been having some very vivid dreams as of late, like oh, just this last Jacob? week. <laughs> Jacob? was the – Jacob was named the starting quarterback for Alabama. Oh, really? In my dream, yeah. Nice. And he actually led them to a championship. It was very, very strange. How long is your dream? I mean uh, – like I said, it's just a very weird dream. Did they just, win the game? Did he? How many touchdowns did he throw for? I don't know, but he he wanted them a championship. The championship yeah. yeah, so he won it. Congrats, congrats to Dream Jacob. Yeah. Congrats yep. to Dream. Jacob said last week was the worst sports week of his life. That's tough. Mm. Reds Reds lost two or three to the Cardinals. The Tuscaloosa Crimson Tide did not look good. Ohio State won, but against Youngstown State, and then of course the Bengals. So that's a tough week. It that's is. a tough weekend, no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, anyways, what time does that show start at, Casey? Starts at 7.30. 7.30. Mac and JT talking to the NFL. We'll see what they have to say. 
Uh, that is at 7.30 tonight, Eastern Standard Time. Is it Eastern Standard Time or is it Eastern Daylight Savings Time? It's Eastern Standard Time, and then you got to signify if it's Daylight Savings Time or not Daylight Savings Time, which I think that's done after this year, right? Correct. This is the last, this is the last year of Daylight Savings no Time? No way. We better yeah. fact check that. Someone, someone in the chat no, will know pretty, that. Is this yeah, the last year sure of Daylight Savings Time? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, well, regardless, I'm pretty sure you put on there EST is Eastern Standard Time. That means you are not on Daylight's Time. And if you put EDT, it means you're on Daylight's Time. Fun fact. Hmm. Never in my life did I ever know that until someone told me it years in advance because I had said one time that it was Eastern Standard. And then they told me that. And you know what I've done ever since? I just say Eastern Time. <laughs> yeah. Because that guy knew what I was saying understood what I was saying. He's the type of person, and maybe you're this person. I'm not trying to talk bad about you if you are this person, but you know the person that you work in corporate America, and it's like, you ask them what time it is, they try to tell you how to build a watch. It's like, I just asked, I, I, we're just trying to get something accomplished here. The English language was developed so we could communicate back and forth. It wasn't developed so you could sit there and correct every little small detail of every single thing that somebody says. If you want to go back to English class or English language and learn all the, all the nuances and, and teach everybody else about it, then just go be an English teacher. You don't need to, to sit there and tell everybody exactly every single minute detail of what it is or what it isn't, unless they ask. Or if it's like someone says idea instead of ideal or ideal instead of idea over and over and over again, you let them know a couple times, but then after a long time, you just give up on it. Right, Reed? Sure. Sure. You, you, you know, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what you want to say. You know what's funny is, is you, uh, you're talking about crit people correcting you and all this stuff you were yesterday we're saying the artificial and, and uh a turf and artificial turf thing right correct right. and then that's just a loser's that's a loser's way of going about life so i should have just that's hand up that was a bad moment i agree with you though that is if something is you know if you say turf and people think of artificial turf then it works right if you say grass and grass and even though it's real turf all that kind of stuff like saying i've always said if, if you're the kid at the the sleepover that after midnight tits goes, you know, it's actually tomorrow, right? Get out of here. I mean, I'm going to kick you out of the freaking sleepover at that point. But yeah, you're right, Trace. Sure. Trace, I got a question for you. Here in this time of year, and we talked about this yesterday about how football is king and stuff like that. You're obviously a huge Reds fan. You're obviously a huge Packers fan. You're obviously a huge Georgia football fan. If the Reds were playing a playoff game, and this, yeah. this might be putting you on a spot because you got chatterbox reds and everything like that, but I want you to answer this honestly because my, I've got easy, my honesty. Easy answer. If the Reds were playing a playoff game and Georgia football was playing a top 10 game against Tennessee, what game are you watching? Wow. Bo. If you forced me to watch one or the other, it would require me to know what was at stake for the Reds. It's the last game of the well, season. We're talking game three. I'm talking game three of the wild card round against, against five versus four, Jordan, five versus I'm one, Tennessee and Georgia. I'm watching the Reds. Okay. I'm watching the Reds. If, if, if it's do or die, I'm watching the Reds. I mean, listen, that's why God made the ability to get two televisions, okay? Like, let's be honest. I, if, not braggadociously saying this, but there's a reason I have a couple different televisions in my basement wow. for that you specific do, do reason at all. Uh, and you know what? If it was, if it was what, in my opinion, it is whatever the most important game is in regards to the season as a whole. I guess you could say college football. Every game certainly matters, and it does. But you know, based off of your analogy, I could say that Georgia could lose that game and still play meaningful games later. 
the Reds are in a do or die game, I'm watching the Reds. And the and the Reds have uh, it's it is actually the one thing that Chatterbox Reds has done for me specifically in my fandom with the Reds is it's elevated it enough now to where you know as stupid as it sounds, like you're more committed. Like you you're just you've invested so much time, effort, and energy into one product, into one thing that it's not you're not on the team. Obviously, you know that you're not like a part right. of the organization, but you just you just feel a little more inclined to be a, along with the ride more than you more than you otherwise would. Which brings me to maybe my final point of today's show as we as we close here with 15 minutes remaining. The whole Big J journalist thing with the beat riders not being able to cheer for the team and this, that, and the other is the most stupid kid show thing there ever was. And, and the reason is is because you can you can be objective. You could do your job at an elite level. You can ask hard questions. You can do all those things and still want that team to win and still actively root for them out loud. Every single beat writer that's not from Chicago and has a podcast for Chicago, of course, that's down there watching the Cincinnati Reds on a daily basis are actively rooting for the Cincinnati Reds. They can sit there and say that they're not. If C. Trent Rosecrans, who I, who I admire and I think he does a good job, but... If C. Trent Rosecrans were to tell the truth, he's rooting for the Reds. He's wanting the Reds to be successful because he has ties to that organization. He watches them every single day. They, they for, for lack of a better term, employ him. I know that they don't employ him. It's the athletic. But without the Reds, he doesn't have a job. So I don't know why they have to hide behind this notion that you can't cheer in the press box. Now, should you be fanboy? Should you be screaming and yelling and all that? No. But I think it's okay to like have some genuine reactions to things that happen. And maybe that does happen, but I've always heard, well, if you got to go in the press box, you got to sit there and you got to be quiet and you can't say anything. Well, if that's the case, I never want to press pass. I just don't. That takes all of the fun out of sports. And if you think that that person can't do their job, if you think that person can't do their job and still root for a team, then I think that you are severely underestimating what the human brain and the human is capable of doing. There's no doubt in my mind I could go down there and report on the Reds on a daily basis. I don't want to speak for everyone else, but I know for a fact I could go down there and I could want the Reds to win, do or die every night. Be as just as excited as I am on my streams uh, late at night as I would be in the press box. And go down to the locker room and still ask insightful, meaningful questions. Such as, hey, David, I know you just won yesterday and it's all great. But what the hell happened with the Joey Votto situation yesterday? Did we ever get that answer? Maybe we did. And I think I've seen an answer that came through Twitter. I don't, know, I don't want 100% say this is accurate. But if you've seen the play yesterday, Joey Votto stops to try to get out of the way of a tag. They throw the ball to first to get Ellie De La Cruz out, and then they throw back to second, and they go to tag Joey Votto, and he's what appears to be safe at second. But then we have this question of whether or not he was called out because of the baseline or called out because of that. Why wouldn't you be able to be a fan and still have those relative meaningful conversations and or question what David Bell does sometimes or get on the fact that Tyler Stevenson's not playing well? This was obviously earlier in the year. Lately, Tyler Stevenson's been nailed, so shout out to him. But why are we like that? And I guess you can convince me that some of it's professionalism, but come on. Strip the shit away. 
Strip it all away. You know what professionalism is? It's all an act. It's a joke. It's just throw on a suit and tie and go down there and act like someone that you're not. You wonder why corporate America has people that are at the very, very top making half a million, millions of dollars, and they're nowhere near as happy as this lumply sum sitting behind a desk right now? Is because they don't get to do what they actually want because they have to act a certain way, do a certain thing, because somebody else told them that that's the way they're supposed to act. I'm not suggesting for one second you, you, you shouldn't be professional in certain settings. Without question, you should. There's a time and a place for everything. But we're talking about sports here, people. This is the toy aisle of life. You walk into Walmart, guess what sports are? It's the thing that all the kids want to play with. It's not that serious. And we want to sit here and act like it's more serious than it needs to be, and it just doesn't. And I hope to God that by the time I get older, those unwritten rules that you say are just debunked. And we no longer have to sit around and act like these beat writers aren't fans at times, because they should be fans. They're with them every single day. So I say all that in saying, a simple question that you ask in a long-winded way of saying, yes, the reason that I like the Reds maybe more than I ever have before is because I've invested a ton of time in watching them play, and I feel like, I hope on the back end of it, there's a meaningful payoff that's sentimental to me. And the truth is, is that I think that's the case for a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of people that are in sports. And it's okay to admit that. And I don't know why we sit around and act like it, 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 it quite frankly isn't the case. So, um, final thoughts on today before we end the show. Ten minutes till, we, uh, till we're supposed to leave. Yeah, well, ten minutes till we're supposed to leave. And I've, I've, got, I've got a new top five. That's what I've done every Wednesday. And Hump hopefully, day? Hopefully we can, uh, we can reclaim what happened last Wednesday. So we'll have a little bit better one. So if, if you'll allow me, Trace. I'll, I would I'll love take, it. I'll take some time away for these final few minutes. And, and you know what today's top five is going to be? Yeah, over here. Put, put, keep, keep it off the, the, the legs there. See those legs? See those thighs? Short shorts today. Hope you guys enjoyed them. Today's top five, as I've done every Wednesday, is is going by one of Chatterbox Sports' favorite personalities, one of your guys' favorite personalities. It's the top five bits from Mr. Elliot Rearing. <laughs> so that's today's top five, the top five bits from Elliot. Coming in at number five is... Do, 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 do. Under the bridge is here the troll. Anytime that I say something, you know, disparaging about the Reds, he calls me a troll, and that's a good bit. It's really funny. Elliot, truly one of the funniest people I've ever met, and he's, he's not afraid to give it to me. That's what I like. He's not afraid to, to call me a troll when I'm being a troll. So coming in at number five of Elliot's bits is under the bridge is a troll. Coming in at number four, Ian Jabot, the prince of the United Kingdom. This all stemmed from, I don't know if you guys realize this, Elliot actually thought <laughs> Ian Jabot was from the UK. That's, what, that's right. We had to, right, early on when he first came on Chatterbox, he was talking about how Ian Jabot is from England and from the UK. And we told him, no, he's... He's from Houston, Texas. And so he, he morphed it into anytime Ian Jabot pitches, let's just go out and, and, and put out this absurd tweet about how Ian Jabot is the plumber. What is he, the plumber, the pizza boy? Well, yeah, the joke is that he changes professions every time. So, okay. so Ian Jabot, the prince of the United Kingdom. Coming in at number three, it's my, it might be my personal favorite, is how often Elliot cancels the season. It is, it's, it's a running bit. At times, I think he truly believes it. I think most of the time, he actually truly believes that the season is... He, he said he's ready for the Bengals season to be canceled if they lose this week. And it, it started out, I mean, the season's done. 
back on. Then they win a couple games, and you know they're winning the World Series. That's how fandom should be. I truly believe that. If you're a rational fan, you're doing fandom wrong. You should live and die by your team. I, I do this with the Bengals. I do this with the Cubs. Elliot does it with the Red Legs. Coming in at number two. He says it all the time on the show, and he does it with love and respect. He never means it. He never means love and respect, and oftentimes he gives it without love and respect, and that's when he done something seriously wrong. But anytime he says something bad about a, a player, a team, he, he says it with love and respect, and that's just because he's a respectful guy. It is one of the best bits he does. It's the second best bit he does. But the funniest thing, the, 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 most, the best bit that Elliot has is being my friend. He doesn't like me. He, he pretends to like me. <laughs> but he does it as a bit. So I appreciate Elliot's fandom. I don't have many friends or fr friendship. I don't have many friends. And Elliot is one of them. And I just appreciate Elliot doing the bit that is being my friend. So thank you, Elliot, for, for being my friend. Even if you don't mean it, I do mean it, and I, I, you know, I don't appreciate slander. That slander campaign that you just ran, the top five uh, slanders, I guess you could say. But yeah, I, I'm honored to be your friend, Reed. I, I love you very much. So there you go. Seems sincere. Thanks, Elliot. Time for some ad reads, Casey. Ad reads. Ad reads. Ad reads. Hey, I got an idea from here on out. We'll try to do a better job of this. We're gonna do the local weather and the ad reads together. We bat. We bat about. 450 on getting the ad reads done which is just not not <laughs> ideal not ideal plus doing the ad reads at 11:53 on a 12 o'clock two hour show 10 to 12 show probably not most ideal however we do have a considerable amount of people in the chat considering you know based off the time frame in which we'll read them but from now moving forward we're going to do the ad reads along with the the local weather because i feel like that 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 uh, goes hand in hand local business local ads local weather it's the locals at 11. We're, that's right there it the is locals at 11 we're gonna do the locals at 11 and uh but for today we're gonna let casey mccallister try to do this ad read without laughing because we're all gonna try to make fun and do some stupid things while he's at while he's reading it we'll see how we'll see how well he can do uh casey mccallister take it away the Bengals report is brought to you by encore technologies encore nice technologies suit. provides it solutions for a data centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity, productivity. productivity. try a little better next time guys visit encore.tech <laughs> the path to innovation begins here and then let me tell you about this Oh, I don't have my water bottle here today, so nice shot put. Pawnee Water, the new premium alkaline water. It's not really new anymore, but this alkaline water new is enough. made here right in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, which Reed absolutely adores. It's true. And its only ingredient is water, no additives. This process makes for a healthy alkaline water. And it is the best tasting water in the world. You can in the visit world. Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com <laughs> to see where you can buy this great tasting water. And also check out some of your local gas stations, some of your local businesses to see if you can get some and send some pictures into us. We, we love to get them. And I'll tell you what we should do. I'll tell you what we should do. You know what we should do? If you go to a place, an establishment as they call them, and it does not have Pawnee water. It's a local business. You should ask. I mean, this is big time. Don't want to be a, a Karen. I think that's okay to say. You should ask for the manager. You should ask for the owner and say, hey, 
There's this thing called Pawnee Water. P-A-H-H-N-I. Water. You should get it in your store. It's, it's natural limestone filtration made right out of Hamilton, Ohio. You can go right into the full bit. Right into the full bit. We need to get Pawnee Waters as many places as we possibly can. Why? Because it's the best tasting water in the world. We've said it time and time and time again. I've also got one last bit before I finish up this ad. Please do. Segment. Um, go check out our other shows. Go check out Chatterbox Bingles, Chatterbox Res. If you're not already familiar with that show, I'm sure many of you are. Chatterbox Clicker and Chatterbox Mac and JT will be on later tonight, 7.30. Check them all out. Right. A lot of content. And um, also go and join us um, at Bear, not Bearcat Bash. No, that's At wrong. the Sports Bash yeah, that's on right. Short Vine. Presented uh, by? Chatter, Chatterbox Sports. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Presented by Neutral, too, by the way. Neutral. Um, shout out to Neutral. Uh, and, and all sincerity, uh, sincerity oh. I think is the word I'm sincerity, looking for. Yep. Sincerity, yep. Uh, Chatterbox Sports Bash on Short Vine. Presented by Neutral. If you've not had a Neutral, I know this is a... It says actually this isn't a free ad, but it is a genuine ad. Uh, if you've not had neutral, it some are saying some are saying it's better than the uh, it's better than the other company that's uh, associated with noon. Oh yes, some are saying that. Yes, some are saying if you if you're a noon type person, you like drinking noons like they do in Oxford, you might like neutral. Should give it a shot. As always, we end this show with the cherry on top. Why? Because this show is presented by United Dairy Farmers. Without further ado, here is the cherry on top. And, you know, it's not very cheerful, to be honest. Um, uh, we like to usually keep it lighthearted, but this one's a little sad. But I, I wanted to play it here at the end of to today's do, show. Have you had a chance Just listen. to chat with them? And if you did, can you reveal anything that was discussed? Um, yeah, so at that halftime, I just went in to check on him in the training room and, and uh, you know, just, just made sure I gave him a hug, told him I love him, and, and you know, it, it really hurt my heart. He, he told me, just, sorry, kid. I said, you know, just later, he said, sorry, kid, you know, and uh, say he loved me back, and, and that was it, you know, but just, just truly heartbroken, for real. And uh, my emotion at that moment was, was you know, similar to how it is now just really felt for the man and and um you know for our whole team you know we we love aaron and, and everyone there loves him and he brings a certain energy with him and uh man we were trying to imitate it we were trying to imitate it when he went down and, and do make you know win for him man because because uh, you know he deserved to be out there and, and that that was that man but um i'm glad i did get to, to see him at halftime well, that's just sad moment sorry kid can you can you imagine just the leader of your organization just sorry kid so that, that just sounds like he's done right like or like you know you know it's real bad can't imagine being a, a jets player right now in that scenario that's brutal but that's the cherry on top presented by udf um yeah to end this show i i, I watched uh, i've watched aaron Rodgers play a lot of football uh, many of you know, all of you know, for the most part, I'm a Packers fan. I, I, I remember him coming in. His very first snap was against the uh, the Cowboys when Brett Favre got hurt, came in. Um, and, he, and at the time, you, you thought there was something there, but you never knew in a million years that he probably would go on to be the quarterback that he was and is and the icon that, his, that, it, that he's left. 
But that's just a brutal reminder of what sports is. You're always a play away, man. You're always a play away. And you know what? I'll leave you with this. Uh, not that you need any inspiration as you leave on this uh, on this Wednesday afternoon, but you, it's also a nice stark reminder at times that you never know when you're in the time is as well. I know that's morbid. I know that's crazy. But you're not promised tomorrow. You never are. Aaron Rodgers is probably done. He's probably never going to play football again. It's not the end of the world, clearly. Certainly life is more important than just a game of football. But... You just never know, do you? I'm sure Aaron Rodgers thought that this team was good enough, and they certainly were to probably win a Super Bowl. He probably had a chip on his shoulder as large as any of them. And unfortunately, it was taken away. Why? Because we ultimately, none of us, have total control. I hope you come back tomorrow. You enjoy some more sports with us on that Thursday. Why? Because we do this show every single day, Monday through Friday, from 10 hey! to 12. Hey! And until then... I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and if you're God willing, still living and kicking and want to listen to some more sports and maybe just a little bit of comedy, this is your place. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m.